And we are back with another Black Widow Cream Podcast, new episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real Verse World. Um, just got almost 2 million views on a video I posted on Twitter yesterday. That's kind of weird. Uh, today's episode, my homie Cal Scrooby is on the podcast. Uh, a rapper originally from Ohio, now living in LA, and this is his second time being on the Black Widow Cream Podcast. He was my seventh episode ever so that was about two years ago we shared his entire story has come up how he got to where he is today working with artists like chris brown and being able to have a um a huge song with him that they released on cal's channel and then he was also the the uh end credits of chris's documentary cal wrote that record for uh chris so he's had some success there and then just we, we cover all that shit but this one kind of picks up where we left off since then cal uh just recently got out of his five-year management deal um and is now a fully independent artist and uh he's excited he's got a lot of things planned we we discussed how how he's kind of spearheading this approach um the grassroots route and how he's been able to collaborate with different creators if if you don't know cal go look up his instagram just find him on instagram and youtube and start listening to his music his music is a1 and then he's been able to find ways to collaborate with all of our homies and everyone kind of supports cal and what he's doing and, and they've been able to elevate the content he's been making on a very low low budget um and he's been fucking killing it and he's doing it all with like the power of his fans his fans are really hungry and so it was a really cool interview to hear kind of like his opinion of where he wants to go with this shit and where he's going to take it and how the approach will be done um moving forward so i'm excited for you guys to hear this episode cal's a beast i'm excited you know anytime he comes through uh i don't even know if he plan if we planned this episode or if he just came to the office and i made him do it either way it's a banger um so yeah he's reinventing himself as a fully independent artist that's what you're about to listen to if you're new to black window cream black window cream is a private creative collective uh we have a facebook group of over like six thousand people um that are sharing content all the time they're pushing each other all every single day motivating each other sharing tips tricks all that shit just to help everyone grow to be the best motherfuckers on earth i used to say that i used to have like a routine thing that i would say all the time i haven't said it in a long time i want to make a video just for that part that plays similar to how we did the morning roast intro video because that shit's fire but anyway yeah you can join if you want to be a part of that community bwc.com slash join is absolutely free if you want to join the um paid version which helps financially support black window cream everything we're doing over here at the office and keeping the lights on you can do that at patreon.com slash black window cream tons of extra perks we have a, a private discord that's a little bit more intimate than the facebook group we have monthly live streams that we do we do two of every month we do a bonus morning roast podcast episode every month there's a how to charge a client guide you get it if you sign up for the right tier there's a ton of shit so definitely check that out if you're interested patreon.com slash black window cream and uh yeah i think that's it covers all of it let's uh, get into this cal episode me and cal have known each other for since i moved out to la and we've both been through the shit so uh it's cool to, to finally discuss it uh, on a podcast we'll get into that right motherfucking no <laughs> Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? Yeah. You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Goes to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you'd say that. And we're back with another Black Widow Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Rovers World. Today's special guest. I actually was uh, going to tell myself that I wouldn't say special guest anymore because I heard a podcast earlier. Is not today. special? 
Yeah, just because I feel like it. No, because you all are. You know what I mean? And I just heard some guy the other day. He's like, today is a very special guest. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, mm. that's kind of like misleading if you only have one special guest, but then you keep start, you say it more and more. It's Cal true. Scrooby. Cal Scrooby's on the podcast today. Nice. Nice. You do all your own sound effects, don't you? <clears throat> yeah, I haven't figured out how to do that audio thing. That's good. I got I got you on that. Thanks, man. Um, round two on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Cal was on the show episode eight. Oh, that Nine, early. 10, I didn't realize. 12? I was not, yeah. You were so at least one of the first 15. Basically, I'm responsible for all the success of Black with No Cream. You are. That was yeah. the most, my first most viewed video. Oh, no. oh, really? Or audio. Was it really? I think I was only really focusing on audio back then. I don't know. Yeah. But well, yeah, it was. Regardless. You're, you're my first famous friend. You're welcome. Um, Cal and I go all the way back to when I first moved out here. Actually, before that, uh, we share his entire story. Um, the come up story in that first podcast and it was pretty interesting. It'd be, I, I wish I, I should have listened to it. Before I, it listened. I thought about that on the way over here. Fuck. Yeah. It oh, would well. be cool to know what you were saying then and then what we talk about here because I think times times have changed. Yeah. His hair is much longer. It's way longer. He lives right outside my office on Hollywood in the trash can because mm-hmm. his hair is that long. It's a great spot. It's really nice. low rent. Like for the area, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You got two cardboard rooms. That's dope. It's fantastic. Uh, but you're you're an uns- you just dropped a new project, unsigned. Yes. How, t- ten songs. Uh, fifteen. Fifteen. Right. You bought it too, so I'm not gonna hold that against you. Thanks, but, man. You know. Um, and they bang. Thank you. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, Proud of it. a lot of things have changed though since we talked. Um, so if you're listening to this right now, definitely make sure to check out the the pre- the first episode so you can learn his entire story because we won't we won't we can dip into some of that shit mm-hmm. but like I don't want to go through it all again yeah. um, it's there and it's a great interview but uh, you were managed by Riveting was. who that's where I met you at when I was working on Chris's doc but even before that I met it was, you uh, it was uh, Don't Kill the Fun Don't Kill the Fun it with was, Seven Streeter yep. and Chris Brown yep you were shooting free BTS you're you told me too I remember when we met you were like oh I rap too and I was like oh I hope this kid never plays this <laughs> fucking rap music for me <laughs> You know, <laughs> and I was looking at Cal, and I was like, because I did my research, I was like, oh shit, Riveting has like this music division thing or whatever, and it looked fairly new. And I was like, Cal, and I started watching your videos. I'm like, Cal and I like he's doing shit that I like to do. Mm-hmm. My like, shit is mad close to. It. I'm like, so that could be cool. What if I got tight and everyone saw my music? Blah blah blah. And right away, I was like, oh yeah, you were walking around. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to him about my shit. And then we I do we played now having been friends with you, we did the same J Cole tour interesting time flies tour maybe we're this is kind of like a parallel universe thing it could be yeah but i think i mean there's a lot of like parallels parallels yeah yeah so did you listen to my song yet (laughs) 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 no but i remember seeing it i was like wow that's crazy and then uh we i shot behind the scenes for that video and you were there and you were just like walking around meeting everyone saying what's up chris like mad chill i'm just like man it's crazy but that's like what i used to do and that was like part of my job but it wasn't really anything that was valuable you know like i just never i was always like behind the scenes and going to these things and like shaking hands and kissing babies and stuff and it was just never it, that wasn't who I was. That was just like some Hollywood shit that I thought I was supposed to be doing. Right. Taking pictures of all the stuff I was doing and sharing that so that people right, right, thought right. that I was like doing cool shit. But I remember at the time, I under, I think I saw what the big catch was for you, which I'm like, oh, fuck, he's in the room. Yeah. And you're from Ohio, so being from Iowa, it's the same shit. Yeah. It was the same thing coming out here creating. Exactly. You got in the room. And 
Uh, but you just so your contract with Riveting just ended, and now you're completely like unsigned, free, independent. Unsigned. Yeah, yeah. and like technically, I guess when I was with Riveting, I was still independent because um, they're not a label. Because they're not a label, but they kind of operated as such, right. you know. And that's I started to realize that. But but that was management, you know. And so they let me do like like creatively. I think you know they kind of gave me some f- more freedom towards the end of our relationship. Um, you know, to do like more of the videos that kind of fit uh, like who I am and, and how I wanted to portray myself and whatever. Um, but that wasn't the case the whole time. And I think that's kind of obvious now if you've been following my journey from like the last five years. It's like my stuff now is a little bit more out there if, right. you, if you're kind of like new to my stuff. So there's that um, new song you just dropped today. Uh, or not today. Sorry. The one with the statue shit. Yeah. I, who I, are you? Who are you? Yeah. And you said something about sucking a dad's butt. No, 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 no. It's about a dad sucking my butt. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. What's the yeah. line? Um, it's uh, stopped at the gas station with a half tank. Got my ass ate. It was great. Tell your dad thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you would have never dropped four oh, years ago no, I might have I might have like suggested it like I might have proposed that but it would have got shot down right yeah I used to like I used to tweet about like shit or like a or, I, or like a Instagram caption would say something about shitting or shitting my pants or something <laughs> and they used to tell me like my management used to be like yo don't don't do that anymore and I'm like well, I'm like but that's me like that is that's my brand like shitting my pants is my brand right that's just me have you ever shit your pants um, you know what's funny is, <laughs> you know what's funny the my Spotify bio. If you go to it, it says a lot of stuff that's not exactly true. It says I'm like six eight, 115 pounds, <laughs> not quite. Um, but the Do you one choose that. But listen, the one thing that's true on my Spotify bio is it says shit his pants on his last birthday, <laughs> and that's actually big big <laughs> facts. Like my last birthday I was going to get a car wash and I don't like my birthday because like everybody's got a birthday like yeah. you're not special dude right. like we should we should get rid of uh, universal mother's day and your birthday should be mom's day because your mom just pushed you out of your out of her vagina straight up and you didn't do shit like Facts. you just you sucked yeah. for a long time you might still suck right. so it's like why do we celebrate you sometimes for a weekend or a month like no nah. i see it but anyways i yeah. shit myself um and i was going to get in like it yeah. wasn't it was it was a light shark though it wasn't like like just all out like oh i gotta turn around and go home i was like oh, i can still host Where the car you? down go into the car wash and you <laughs> Totally, in the car totally always <laughs> actually i shit uh i have these things called emergency shits that really? happened to me i don't know why i just can't see it coming and it started at an early age in high school i had to drop off all the homies i was in a van and i would drive around and try to drop everyone off and my friend said yo you can come inside and shit but it was his parents house and i didn't want to be weird right right and I was like, no, nah, I can make it. This sounds like a medical condition. I think it could be. Yeah, this sounds like something you should get checked out. I shit in a funeral home parking lot. Yeah, see, that's a problem. 12th Street. That's a 12th Street. <laughs> 12th Street. That's a problem. If you know, you know. That's, that's a real problem. I think most people shit in toilets. It, yeah, it was, uh, it was fucking brutal. But anyway, it's not about me. It's about you. So what I thought was interesting going back to this shit like you said that they kind of wanted you not to talk about shit in your pants because that ain't cool yeah because that's not cool for rappers in Hollywood like you're supposed to talk about bitches and money right which I didn't have so it's like I'm just I just want to talk about get my ass ate at a gas station so I mean really like that's where that's where everything started to flip for me was like I think it was just years and years of 
a lot of people in my ear that were saying like, oh, you got to fake it till you make it, you know? And like, so we would step in, we would start recording records and I would come up with something. And honestly, I had an engineer who would be like, nah, like you should bump that up. Like that should be, you should say, go ahead and say that's 10K. It's like, bro, I don't have 10K. What the fuck you mean? Like, right. Why would I, you know what I mean? Right. So, so it was like really hard for me to, to keep, continue to flex when I knew I didn't have that shit and I just kept seeing how superficial Hollywood was and like how a lot of these rappers who talk about the money and shit that they have, they don't have that shit either. Right. And so I was like, why are we all lying about this? You know what I mean? Like, why are we all flexing about stuff? It's, it's like fun and empowering, sure. And it's like motivating or inspirational. Like I see that, I do. But it wasn't me at the same time. Hmm. It's like, I'd rather encourage people to like be themselves, even if people think it's fucking weird or even if you're, you got emergency shits or whatever. You know, I, like, so I just started to get really uncomfortable being in a situation where like people were trying to almost like censor and curate my image into somebody I wasn't. Right. You know? Cause I think that's a dangerous position to be in, mm. you know? I remember when I was doing my research prior to having met you, maybe, yeah, I remember because Andrew told me like, oh yeah, I'm working with this company, Riveting, blah, blah, blah. When you come out, you can work with me on some stuff. And I did the research and I looked it up and I was looking at your shit and I'm like, all right, who's this dude? Because I didn't know who you were before this. I started looking into you and it's like the videos at the time that were kind of coming out after I started paying attention were like you and cool leather pants. And you'd, and right away I was like, I get it, but this shit's like he's corny as fuck. And that was what made me not want to like you. But Basically, then I met you and I'm like, oh, you're, you are you. Like yeah. as soon as I met you, I'm like, oh, Cal's tight as fuck. Like we met, remember we did the drone video on top and then yes, we did yes, the yes, whole yes, self, yes. but you were like, oh, put this Mortal Kombat or whatever song in the background. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And it, Cause it was conversations. It was like, you know, I, I appreciate people who are engaging and like in Hollywood a lot. I think you've probably experienced it too. It's like, you'll be having a conversation with somebody at a bar or something and you're trying to like, you're trying to be engaging. Like you're looking them in the eye and you're talking and they'll look over your shoulder the whole time, like looking for like, oh, who's the next important person that I can talk to in Damn, the room. Damn, that's so true. And it's a shitty feeling. That's another reason like I think, you know, I stopped going out and I stopped like going to bars and just drinking. Cause I, I would go drinking like every time I drank, I would just black out. Mm. Like I was just like blacking out. And I never knew why, I never knew, couldn't understand at the time, like what was driving me to do that. Um, I thought it was just kind of like what I did, you know? It was just like, oh yeah, I just drank and then I just black out and wake up the next morning and feel like an ass, but whatever. Right. You know? Um, but yeah, I think a lot of that was just like, I just hated everything that I was doing. I would go, just go places and sit there and like, just be like, wow, all these people suck. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> like, like, and, and it, not that everybody fucking sucks in Hollywood. Like that's such a, such a stereotype that, you know, I probably shouldn't like push that. Cause that's not necessarily true. But like, I felt like the places I was going and the people that I was around, it was just like, if I couldn't do anything for them, then they didn't really want to talk to me. Right. You know, and it, you made, it made me feel shittier, I think, than anything because mm -hmm. I, I felt useless. Cause I was like, oh, nobody really wants anything from me. Nobody needs anything from me. Right. Felt useless, mm. you know? It, it, it definitely seems to take a toll on someone like when you have to try to show face or you're trying to show up to something that might not necessarily be you as the creator that you are. And obviously like having... I remember I started studying it. Once I met you, I'm like, well, what the fuck's going on? Like, what? This doesn't make sense. But then I'm realizing, oh, cool. You're being brought in by a production company that has access to shoot and create content for the biggest artists in the world. And they're taking their stance on it like, oh, cool. This is kind of the lane you should travel down because these are the artists we work with. And I could see this, the ties. I'm like, all right, maybe if Cal looks like 
Tyga cow could be cool like Tyga. Yeah, it was some Justin Bieber shit. Justin Bieber yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. It was the same shit. Like it, I could see the parallels of like why they would go down there. But it's like you had that one video that you put out while you lived in Ohio and reshot it when you moved to LA. Yeah, yeah. And then immediately I could see the parallels where you were cornball cow having yeah. fun in Ohio to cool cow Hollywood. Right. I think being corny on purpose is funny. I, I think agree. being corny on accident is whack. Hmm. You know, um, I've always thought that self-deprecating humor is the best kind of humor. I mean, if you watch, if I watch stand-up, uh, I like when the comedian makes fun of himself or herself. Right. Um, you know, like that to me is is what works because, and then that kind of makes you invincible in a way because it's like then you know if you don't take yourself that serious when other people other people are going to shit on you. Like if you're an artist and you reach any level of success, people are gonna shit on you. Right. So like, I'd rather just be better at shitting on myself than anybody else is you know so i know like nobody can make fun of me as good as i can make fun of myself I, like i just i just told everyone in the world that i shit myself on my last birthday me <laughs> like, too. i win <laughs> like what are you gonna say to me there's not i don't have that many secrets you know that that i can't tell you i'm trying to find uh, there was uh someone posted on reddit your last video i think mm-hmm Kavika that was Kavika, yeah. He posted it? I think his, I don't mean to expose him, but I think his Reddit name is Speedy Shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I like it. I like the word shrimp. Uh, there was a conversation that I started with someone because I commented in there was like, blah, 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 whatever. I don't really know how to fucking use Reddit. I'm trying to pull up the conversation right now. But the guy basically was saying, um, like right away saying like, well, of course, like, he has he's fuck where is it this was i know who you are he's either got a financial investor a side job or an inheritance because it costs dozens of thousands of dollars to get the collabs he's had to act like that's not the case is just more of a facade that is easily seen through but i he's responding to something that i said i'm trying to figure out how the fuck i can see what i I said i think this stuff that he started with because i read this shit and this is funny to me this is actually uh a good topic to address because YouTube comments and I guess Reddit comments worst place on earth like the worst people on earth yeah. are in there and like cause cause if you hit if you hit thumbs down on a YouTube video that's not like hateful or harmful to society like you're kind of a piece of shit it's like what's what is what are you trying to accomplish here by sharing your negative opinion like where is this really or going or not even sharing opinion like the thumbs down doesn't say shit it, just, it doesn't just, yeah you're just being negative like cause when I, whenever I don't like a video on YouTube I just go to the next fucking video right. cause like who the fuck cares what I think you know that's like that's how I, everybody should look at it everybody feels entitled because it, you're you and because that's all you've ever known everybody feels entitled to sharing their opinion it's like none of these people make music or videos bro and then they just come in there and shit on music and videos like they're the fucking king of the hip-hop history like he, they've studied everything they exactly. know everything like they it's like what are you talking about i got somebody and and i gotta keep reminding myself too that the stove's hot and i'm getting better at it like the stove's hot don't even fucking touch it like don't even go there but i like to know you know it's cur- i'm just curious like yeah. and this is like a come up stage for me so i like to kind of gauge like how people are receiving it and what people think about it whatever uh, and there's this dude who keeps coming back to all my shit and says, drug addict, piece of shit, do not support. <laughs> and I'm like, yo. <laughs> I'm like, first of all, drug addicts definitely need support. Right. Like, definitely need support. Need That's not support. a good reason. Yeah. Like, maybe piece of shit. Like, just say piece of shit, do not support. Right. You know, because like, the dr- that's, re- that's like redundant. It's like that drug addicts need support, you know. I had a, so, I made a Doritos contest commercial that I did once and the it got like the most views I ever had in my life at the time when I was still in Iowa, I had like 300,000 views and I was like, holy shit. 
all the comments were like other people competing in the Doritos contest that were talking Shitting shit as if the Dorito judges might read their comment and be like, they're right. Good the point. director does need to kill himself. He is a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm like, damn, you think I need to kill my, I need to kill myself? Yo, oh, I've gotten die in a fire. Die in a fire is like, dying that's fire. an aggressive ass comment. Like, <laughs> holy shit. Just like, die in a fire. Yeah. Like, what if I died in a fire? Would that guy go back to his comment, reply to his own comment, be like, yes. Got his ass. Like, got him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thumbs up. Right. Like, what are you doing? Recycle your, your ashes now. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck man come on you're green (laughs) he's an environmentally conscious but going back to it this comment so this is how it started the guy said he's fairly talented so he's got some people uh investing in him to buy collabs with big names and shoot decent music videos and that might score him some hits with it blah 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 shame that it's completely inauthentic uh voice crafted blah 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 and i was like yo he did this on a shoestring budget with the homies who believe in him with no label support right now or ever. Did you say that? Yeah. And oh, I said, awesome. and I also said, your sister's coming over to the crib. And that's Ooh, how nice. I finished it. And nice. then that's how he started getting into this whole thing about he's got financial investor. I was like, nah, bro. That's not how the shit, like how challenging is that for you? Because you did have a string of years where you, you made a comment earlier. Um, you just told me about how you have your home studio. Your home yeah. studio is dialed right now. Mm-hmm. And it keeps getting better. If yeah. you guys haven't, do you have a video of your studio? Somewhere? No, I haven't shared it yet. I don't know. I, I don't want to, because I recorded out of a closet for so long that I don't want people to think that like you need all, you need equipment and a booth and a, you don't, but, yeah. but it's but, nice to have but it. But it, it is can. nice to have, especially in Hollywood when there's dogs barking and shit. Like Maybe we could do like a know. BWNC Ooh, deep dive into the, let's do the it. boys can go out and capture yeah, the tour. Except, right. except it's like a, you know, a fucking phone booth sized place anyway. So but it's, it's like, like, if you were an artist, like I would have killed for that shit. Oh, home. for you sure. You know what I mean? Like you for should, sure. If you told me five years ago that I'd have that studio that I have now, man, I'd be ecstatic. Right. I'd be so happy. Yeah. But he just told me how he got a new monitor linked into the booth with a wireless keyboard and mouse so that he can like track from there but he also has a, a keyboard and mouse at the computer so he can like go back and forth I'm like Ooh, you know nerds get excited about oh, the yeah. shit oh yeah techie and he goes yeah uh, what what was the comment you said uh, yeah we spent like I mean I don't know I don't know how much money we spent on, on music videos but a lot a, a lot. fucking lot like a shit tens of thousands of dollars on like music videos on songs that I didn't really particularly like and I, I like I voiced that <laughs> opinion to be honest like the fucks with me video I was like yo I don't think we should reshoot this and we reshot it and it like every all the comments were like yo why'd you reshoot this which is the one that you shot in ohio yeah the goofy ass it was like my first video that like kind of took off um and then there's just other songs that like i wasn't in love with that we would go shoot an expensive video for like that was going to be the solution like throwing money at it was going to like pop it off and i mean you know at the time even i didn't know that that was not going to work so it's like at the end of the day it's like it was it was a bad business decision you know like collectively um you know i i think i guess you got to make mistakes sometimes like learn from that stuff but i mean i'm thankful having made those decisions it it got me to where i am now because now everything i do is the opposite of that Mm. like before everything was like let's throw money at it and see what happens but now it's like let's do what we let's do everything we can with no money because we have no money because we have zero (laughs) dollars you know like I've kind of looked at it like 
it's like a box like you have a box and you try to fill the objective is to fill the entire box with creativity and That's usually yeah usually Tight. usually i've never called Tight, ben. call that shit creativity before, before but sure um if you have a box and, <laughs> and you have a you have a bigger budget then the box is growing right but like if you f- only fill that shit up halfway with creativity then you didn't do a very good job but if you have a lesser budget and you're and the box is smaller then you fill the whole box with creativity it's like then you did your job yeah like you that's what you do as a creator like with your resources create the best work possible right you know and if you have if you if uh, money is almost like an unlimited resource or whatever then like it's going to be really difficult for you to match the the creativity that should go into like making that a, a great thing like great art well and it's like easy to leap into and i think that the intention was good like between your whole deal like the whole idea of it made sense right to you it was like oh shit get out of ohio get me out of ohio put me in immediate uh circles studios yeah studio chris the best yeah yeah, the best possible solution and then just see where it goes and from the production side it's like yo let's do what we do for all the other artists but the other artists already have fans you Mm -hmm. know what i mean they have tons of fans that make that money back right and so you're going after the same intention with that where you're trying to shoot these glossy videos that are almost a standard for someone that's going to get a hundred million views tomorrow. And I think the biggest uh, mistake was there was like a disconnect because there was no explanation of like what was going on And social media has evolved to like make it easier to, to share, you know, details with fans. So, so like you could fill in, you can fill in the gaps and you can explain things different ways in text or videos or whatever. Um, but at the time it was just like, I went from making shit in Ohio that was kind of like weird and goofy and no budget to all of a sudden shooting like big videos with lens flares and like wet downs and actors and cars you know, exploding yeah, cars exploding and shit. And it was just like, okay, like where, what happened here in between? Like, are you independent? Are you signed? Did you, are you rich? Are you, what? you know what I mean? Right. And, you know, and I wasn't rich. And so I didn't like, I couldn't, I couldn't flex like that. I couldn't, I couldn't show that lifestyle. So people are like, we don't get where, like what steps in between did you skip? Cause you look at like, like whoever right now, fucking blue face or fucking little Nas X or someone like that. They can now have shit tons of chains because you see the stats, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? The stats go up immediately. A song is played everywhere you go. You're like, Oh shit. This, there's something that's happening here. That's why they can go and pop up at Summerfest. They could show up at any festival or, or show and make big shit sta- tons of money. Big stages, Just, a lot of crowd, like big people. And they're picked I mean? up immediately by someone that knows exactly how to handle that mm-hmm. that situation. And then therefore they can turn around and have chains and do all this shit. But your videos are saying one thing. Your day-to-day is saying another thing. It doesn't really make sense. You're right. Like the disconnect is weird. Do you find that now is challenging to for these people to look like if they look at the the timeline of cow they're seeing this weird ride that you're on and now you're back to like what you used to do but still fire because you're working with i wouldn't say better creators but you know i mean from the time you started it's pure you've grown as an artist you know what i mean you've grown and you've found surround yourself with people that can really make fire shit on Mm. on the fly but like is it hard now to like or do you feel free like you feel kind of I think they get it. I think my fans get it now because I, and, and I've never like, this is actually the first time I think that I've sat down and actually talked about it in more than like, you know, what, 280 characters or whatever the fuck Twitter is. Right. Um, but I think they understand like, 
you know, for a couple years I was making, I was making music that I liked, but like I didn't love it and I couldn't stand behind it. And I didn't know, uh, I didn't know enough about creating music to, to even like know if, if I liked it, like to even know uh, what I was doing, I would kind of just do my best. I would record, I would write my the best thing I could write, record it the best way I could record it. And then I didn't know how to tell a mixing engineer what I wanted, how I wanted to sound differently. So I didn't have a lot of control over my sound. So then I put it out and like, I think people kind of sense that energy. I'm like, yo, cool, I put this out, but I wasn't that proud of it. Mm. Like it, I didn't feel like it was something I like did everything I could possibly do on. Um, but that kind of drove me into like a depression really. and. I I think then I released in October of last year, I released this song called My Anxiety. And I, it just is a deep, deep dive into like how I felt on a daily basis. And I think people noticed that like me not being myself for an extended period of time just drove me down into this depression. Right. And then once I said that and like other people connected with it, cause like I, when I released it, I was almost embarrassed. Cause I, I was like, this is super, super personal. And I don't think anybody's really gonna like understand where I'm coming from. My own brother was like, oh, that thing you said about like wanting to die, but not being the person to do it, to kill yourself. Like, he's like, I feel like that all the time. Hmm. And I'm like, dude, I'm really fucking close with my brother. And I've never heard, heard him say, him say that, that. Right. So like it, it helped me connect with fans on another level. And it kind of helped me like reset my image. And I was like, yo, I, can be like imperfect. I don't have to be this like star. You know, I want it like, sure I want to be like at this star status, but like I'm a normal ass person. I'll never, I'll never be able to see myself as, as like an important fucking, you know, pop culture figure. Right. Like, you know, like, and if, and if that happens, like if I continue to grow and, and gain influence, then that's great. But like, I'll never be able to look at my status and think I'm like, Got to play into the character. Yeah, yeah, because I don't want to ever have to turn that shit on and off. That's the worst. And it's weird to watch as soon as as, as it's you uncomfortable. Get, yeah, you get into it and you see people play the part. My favorite is to watch DJ Khaled. That motherfucker's on one hundred percent of the time, and it yeah. is a perfect. I call it a mute. chandelier. I call it a chandelier, dog. And he's for real. Yeah. Like, and it stays in character all the time. It's it, amazing, though. It's it's amazing to see. It was, <laughs> but I you see people not. He's a perfect person at being on, but I, you see other people that go on and don't need to be on, but they have to be on, and it's like they feel like they have to be on, or when you walk in somewhere, you feel like you have to play a part or look something. You can't go out. Like, you could be in a jogger or whatever, but you just said, ain't shit changed with the chain of watch. Exactly. And if you don't wear a chain of watch yeah. that are fire out to fucking wherever, then you, are you a fucking dweeb? Yeah. Are you, fo like, phony as fuck? Like, and so I've had to embrace that lately. Like, I had a, um, I had a meeting uh, like two weeks ago that I considered to be like pretty high profile and important. And- uh, Do tell. And he was, <laughs> well, I'm not gonna name drop, but he was leaving Capitol Records and he was like, yo, um, where do you live at? And I was like, yo, like this area, I guess I shouldn't tell everyone. And he was like, okay, bet. Like, um, I'll let you know when I'm in that area. And then he hit me up and he goes, yo, um, I'm at Yum Yum Donuts. Where you want to meet at? And I was like, Yum Yum Donuts. <laughs> I'm like fuck. I'm like fuck yeah. Like that's fire. So in Yum Yum Donuts, for people who don't know, it's like you know it's a donut chain, but it's not like it's uh, just it's, yeah, it's not an expensive donut. Yeah, I've never little, even had it. I want to go so bad. It's actually really good, but it's like you know it's just it's like the McDonald's kind yeah. of donut chain. Like it's right. just like whatever. So I showed up and I'm wearing like workout clothes and shit because 
I kind of realized like I, I need to stop trying to sell myself like when I'm going places like I need to stop trying to dress apart like even when I go out now it's like dude I'm not really trying to like impress anybody you know like I don't and that fe- that shit feels weird to me like it just does like when I shoot music videos now it's like if I'm if I'm not playing a character like sometimes like you know yeah I'll, excuse me I'll be like a girl or something like I'll wear I'll have like big fake boobs and shit or or a wig or I'll play the, that flamboyant art director or whatever right um, but if I'm not playing a character it's like a lot of times it'll just be like I call Adam or I call Kavika and I'm like hey do you want to shoot a video and they're like yeah and then they pull up and I, I don't shower I don't change I don't you know what I mean it's yeah. just like this is what I'm wearing like let's go shoot you know I said something I said earlier that like I've announced that we were doing this podcast or whatever and one of the dudes said that he's um been like really paying attention to you lately and he's like he shoots so many videos he's like enjoying his stuff uh in a world of shit his style is refreshing one of my favorite dudes to watch right now i swear he drops a a video like every two or three weeks and it's crazy because you've been the output of content has been so high and i feel like the strategy is really smart yeah, it's the Russ. It's the Russ model. We call it the Russ model. Does he drop I, videos like that? Uh, no, 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 no. So but I saw, but but we call it the Russ model because my whole goal this year, and it's still kind of my goal, but it's not like a hard goal. Like I'm not gonna say this. I failed if I don't do this. But um, my goal is to drop 50 songs this year, and right. I think I've dropped like 20 or so. And I have a, I have more. You know, I have a lot. I'm just trying to figure out like exactly how I want to present it. And I'm doing all these videos, um, and that kind of takes a lot. 50 to, songs with the video. Not, not not necessarily 50 videos right but the but the all the video output came from when i dropped the album like i complained for years that people were sleeping on me and i still kind of like i do feel like people are sleeping on me whatever but because people like to follow what they think is cool right. you know so like I, I appreciate my fans because i feel like my fans like me before it's cool to like me before there's like a you know cosign and whatever um but no the the video output came from you know i dropped the album and uh i i was like yo i don't want like there are songs on there that people the numbers weren't like really doing anything and i noticed when i would drop a video with the song it would like boost the numbers a little bit Mm. and i was like yo i'm letting people sleep on me like that's the real problem is like i'm the i'm the problem i always thought that it was other people like ignoring my shit but no the the internet's just full of shit it's full of content so if i don't shove my content in other people's faces they're not going to see it right like they're not going to wake up mm. but it's like if i make a video for every fucking song and i put it out there and it doesn't pop then like at least i know yeah. at least i know that like they that's not what they want or whatever you know mm-hmm. so that's what that's how it really started like we shot a couple of videos they did pretty well and then i started connecting with more of my video friends and we just enjoyed doing it so we've made a like a full video i think for 11 of the 15 songs on the project because some of the songs you would do like sh- snippets of it like yeah we do like little one minute like instagram clips but it was, it's it's cool to me because it's smart the way you would make one st- like you don't have to make it three minutes. Honestly, the fucking uh, the one with the statue. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Who, who are you? Who are you? I just I I realized I hadn't watched it yet. I was obviously I'm like vacation and shit back home, and mm-hmm. I didn't have like didn't care about the internet. But I remember seeing. I mean, Kavika had been sending me samples, so I've already seen like snippets of it. And then um, you post on Instagram, so I see it, and I almost got used to that being the model that there right. wasn't more. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I'd be like, "Oh, I saw a minute. Like this must be what the three minutes is." Yeah, which is interesting also because then it like, why didn't I click through? You That's know a what difficult I mean? difficult balance too for artists to get into. Like 
I actually talked to Kavika about this when we when we were dropping the other day. I'm like, yo, do we want to like tease people with the intro and make them go watch the full video or do we want to entice the people with the rap because like a lot of people follow my instagram they just want me to rap right because i filmed a video of me rapping some shit over a drake and chris brown beat the other day and it went fucking crazy like it the numbers get, do three times better than Original. you know than when we take 48 human hours to shoot and create a video and right. whatever um and that's semi frustrating you know because it's like one is real art refined art and skill that takes time and the other one is like a raw two or three minute moment and it's what the people want but it is what it is but you never know if that that leads to new fans true and, and it does and it does but i think that's what's frustrating it's like i want i want the art part to be the part that's appreciated mm. more than just just the rapping anybody can rap bro right anybody can rap can you record your song can you make your song sound good can you make a video that fits the song and is interesting and looks good and fits your image and you know there's a lot of like different components that go into it um i mean i probably overthink all of those things but you know at the end of the day like i just i want my work to be appreciated i don't want i don't think that i need to be seen or heard by everybody right. for that to be the case um but yeah i called kavika and i'm like yo how should we present this you know like do we give him everything up front or do we just give him a snippet and so like that's a weird because we live in this weird internet culture that's like you know, if they don't like what what you show them in fifteen seconds, or it's not that interesting to them, then they dismiss it. Right. Like, fuck that. It's and, and now it's like you're used to the potential of there being um, what's this fucking shit called IGTV. So mm-hmm. it's like you almost are watching something and know that you could click and see the whole thing right then and there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it also sets you up to be able to say like, all right, cool, I, I like that song. That song was cool when I saw it for a minute, and then like three weeks later at a party or whatever, you want to play a record and you just like hop on YouTube and you find there's three minutes of it and you right. start playing you didn't even realize well no one wants to leave the app you know no. no one wants to change apps to to keep doing what they're doing they want to be on you know instagram stay on instagram you know you know central, what you should do centralized attention you should start posting the entire video on instagram like on igtv and then uh at the very end have it be like a you for like 15 seconds like hey guys this is cal thanks for listening to my new song if you want to hear uh, any other songs please go to my youtube and give it a spin there so i can get the views up you know i've honestly thought about doing that you but, but why like, not but or, like or do 45 way. seconds and then 15 seconds of you just telling people like in a really really corny way too like with a like yeah. a fire playing but like on a t on a screen like yeah. you have like a tv screen and there's a fire there's a burning <laughs> like, fire burning like you fucking it. click take your remote and you shut the tv off which is finishing that 45 seconds of the video and like you're watching you admiring it and you exactly. turn to the camera like hey guys thanks but for I, watching that and video. i'm also naked yeah like that's there you go like <laughs> that's how this is how i come up with my ideas like just call ben yeah and like, we, we, just just, <laughs> we just we just he has a really good idea but it really is it really is that's what's funny is like kavika when we shot the who are you video go watch the who are you video because it's like it's it's good and and kavika did amazing things with it and i hope i hope he gets more out of it than than even i do because uh we shot that in a blank uh, art studio like right. just white walls bright lights whatever it fucking looks so and real then, and then we literally come back here to Black With No Cream office studios and shoot in front of that little green screen mm-hmm. and he just makes magic with it like magic and I never even imagined like when I told him the idea I'm like yeah I want to be the art I want to be the statue I want to be this guy yeah cool like let's do that so we'll shoot those and I just thought that the art was going to be like colored backdrops or whatever and instead he made it into actual art pieces like real fucking art it's fucking creepy yeah he's, he's 
Kavika's a beast. If you don't know Kavika, he has also been on the podcast. Check it out. But we just figure that shit out always. It's like brainwash, same thing. I literally grab the closet, like I hug all the clothes in the closet, and then I lug them and throw them in the car, and then I take them out, and then I just put on all these women's clothes until I figure <laughs> out what the fuck I want to wear for this. And it's just like it's really like a childish. Uh, it's that, but it's fun. Like, it is fun. We we added we made creating fun again because for for four or five years when I was working um, with my previous team, it was all like it was business. When we met. It was like, you want to make $10 million? I want to make $10 million. Let's make $10 million. Let's make music that makes $10 million. Yeah, right. And then it slowly became like, the goals just slowly changed until, you know, October of last year. When I went into the office and I was like, you know, we just have different goals. We have different visions now because you want to make $10 million and I want to wake up every day and not want to kill myself. You know, and it was like, that was, that was for real. Like that was exactly how, I think I said that verbatim. Like, I think I said that word for word in the office was like, I don't, it's not about, I've been broke for so long that it's not about money for me anymore. Like I can't, because I can't even focus on the, the money. Like I don't, I don't care about the money because I don't even care about myself. Like I don't even care about my life. Yeah. Your future or whatever. Yeah. It's just stagnant as fuck. Exactly. So it, like it, then it was literally like a hard reset. Hmm. I think that's why I got back to, you know, trying to have fun with it again and so, learning again. So what was that transition from like finally getting that off your chest or announcing or under coming to the conclusion that this is not working for you? You need to bounce out. Cause I kind of noticed that obviously I rode along the, and shotgun with you the whole right. time and saw all the shit, heard the frustrations. I, I saw it all. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it wasn't, it wasn't like as much as it was a hard reset, it wasn't like, uh, it was, it, it was like quitting cold Turkey kind of thing where, you know, you have cold sweats and like you, you know, you struggle. Um, I still overthink everything. And the, the hardest part for me was like, I learned how to mix track and mix all my own songs because I didn't have enough money to ha- to go have somebody else do it, I had my guy Neek who would uh, who was tracking and mi- or mixing songs for me for like 150 bucks or something, which is a fucking steal. Right. Like, and he's like awesome, top yeah. notch. He mixes for like Skies and Landing Cube and a bunch of guys. Like, he's good. Um, but I couldn't even afford that because I'm like, yo, if I do a 10 song album, that's 1500 bucks. Right. And I don't have 1500 bucks, so I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. And like, I don't have an investor. I don't have whatever. Um, so I had to I had to start to learn how to do that myself. My roommate had some of that equipment and I just dove in. Like 10, 12, 14 hours a day, 16 hours sometimes, 18 hours, like no lie, tweaking reverb plugins. Right. Like just obsession. Um and just overthinking every single thing about my voice, everything I was doing. Uh, and I just started to get better and better and better. Um, and I'd ask Neek for advice. I'd ask my roommate Mark for advice. And, and eventually I just kind of figured out, I kind of had an idea of what the fuck I was doing. And then that was liberating and that was like true independence for me. So to go from like, I don't even really want to be alive to like, oh, I finally found something that like makes me happy and makes me f- like feel valued even without outside val- validation. It was like, I fucking found the key to my life. Right. You know, that's really interesting. So, I mean, that was really the biggest thing for me was being self-sufficient and it wasn't even about money. It wasn't right. about paying my rent. It was about being able to create the shit that makes me happy by myself. Mm. You know? And the last, the album was completely mixed and mastered by you. It was. 
which is crazy because yeah. it sounds fucking great. It's, it's and crazy. I would hit you it's about. A, it's especially crazy because we dropped it May twenty first, and I don't know when I started making it. Maybe, maybe February, maybe March, I guess. And it, it, I didn't even know it was going to be an album. I was just making songs and putting them out. The Rust model. Well, that's what I was getting into. Right, right, going Rust to. dropped thirty one songs in two thousand sixteen, and they were all singles. Like so throughout I, the year. Yeah, just so, dropping them. Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, and that's kind of how he blew up. So I was like, you know people sleep on he, he spoke about this on the Joe Budden uh, podcast people sleep on the songs at the end of an album because they're like you'll see the views trickle down like this is less views as you as you go as or you on progress. iTunes it shows like strong 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 weak 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 yeah 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 it, it, with the stars and shit yeah. and like and that's how it is with the album like even with my album I look at it and the views as you progress to the album go down because people lose attention span whatever they're are like you, are you talking it. about on Spotify or yeah. where, where do you see that, that's yeah, where all the streams yeah yeah um, so I kind of and, he, and he's like but people have uh, attention their attention span to listen to one song so it's like he's like I started putting out one song albums like singles you know so I just started putting out singles until I started to beat the system like every you know every two weeks I would put out a song and then all of a sudden I was putting out a song like every week and then I was like yo now I'm creating at a pace that's even faster than dropping one song a week so now I have a project Right. I was like fuck it I'm dropping a project you know mm-hmm. So from March to May, like three months, something like that, I, I learned how to refine my sound and be comfortable with a mix that becomes an album, and I dropped it. So that's, I think, the craziest part is, like, I probably learned years worth of mixing in, like, five months just because of my own obsession. But I noticed it. Like, I remember calling you as soon as I was listening to that, because I go to the gym and just, and like, play it over and over. i will be like, dog, even the ad-libs and shit in the background the way you do echoes the way you would use reverb like i could tell all this shit that i've heard from being in the studio back in the day or whatever just listen to my friends that produce non-stop and they're fucking amazing with mixing i'm like yo you picked up some of the key shit that makes me obsessed with like certain elements of music you know what i mean really proud of like the moments on the album like there's just there's just so much that goes into it and i think when you you have a background in music so like you can separate different layers of the music better right, than, right, right. than like most consumers can um but usually you can't explain like a normal consumer can't explain why they like a song mm. it's it's not they it's not something that they hear it's not part of the song that they hear like the mix that they hear they feel that shit right like they might not l- know that you put three background <coughs> vocals on something. They're, they might not not know that there's a layer there, but they feel it. It's like the vocal the vocals thicker, and there's more more presence, and they yeah. feel it. But they can't they can't hear that. Right. They don't know that there's a these are all different vocals in each ear right. and whatever. So that's kind of that's kind of a hard part too, is because I nerd I nerd out right. over that shit. And uh, but you have to. I mean, that's like your occupation. Yeah. You have to be a nerd for that shit. That's how you get good at anything. I mean, LeBron James biggest basketball nerd in the world but it's also funny because it's like you you wouldn't look at like a today's glorified rapper as an i mean maybe like a j cole or someone like that that's gonna live in the studio like that but a lot of these other rappers are just coming in hit record i'm in the booth i'm fucking knock it out and i'm Mm -hmm. out and you deal with the shit and i'm jealous of them too because i think i think both of our the ways that we like all the ways we create should be appreciated and you know young thug can go in there and in seven minutes can have a song right and i could never write a song in seven minutes i don't even know like seven if i were if i made a whole song in seven hours that'd be an accomplishment for me right you know so i mean i i'm i envy the way he creates um 
you know, but I'm proud of the way that I create. I, I put a lot of thought into every syllable, into every, uh, like, I mean, just tweaking reverb and everything by like, you know, a half decibel, just things that no one else will ever notice or care about. Yeah, you're soloing shit and just listening to it and trying to test something. Obsessing over it. And like, and then eventually when I turn it in, it's always called the name of the song underscore fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. I know. That's how everybody (laughs) say fuck it. Fuck this shit. Trash. trash garbage hate my life <laughs> because because i got tired of typing final like you once you get to final nine then you feel weird putting final 10 yeah. you know like you know final draft 10 change like, that no. shit to delivery yeah, bro just fuck it fuck it because it's not gonna make it it's not fuck it three <laughs> seriously like, fuck. <laughs> fuck it no i do because i do things fuck, and you fuck go, it exclamation point yeah. fuck it two exclamation yeah, uh, i do that shit when i would go to the studio with schoolboy q that would be the same thing where i'd I appreciated the way he'd be in the studio because he has his engineer James and then they'd be sitting there and they're just fucking like he'll just tweak shit try that try that now make that try to make it sound like a funnel like going in he'll be adjusting shit like you see it and I'm like that's those are artists that really really give a fuck all the way through there's some people that don't give a shit and aren't trying to do cool tricks and just want to say let me just do my shit put some auto tune on it they're trying to get the memes right you know (laughs) they are it's crazy but it's like you have to think like that yeah it's weird and I and I appreciate that what you said about Q because like a lot of times I care too much about the words and I think a lot of my fans care too much about the words because that's like my YouTube crowd is the uh, god they love NF and logic and and all these wordsmith guys right but i I think a large a large uh consumer base they need to realize that you don't have to say things with words in order to say things right you know like you can say things through a melody like you can convey emotion or a thought through a melody Mm -hmm. that you could never even find the words for it and that's why people i think gravitate so much towards like new school hip hop, like uh, like Uzi or whoever, because or Thug, because or Future especially, Future's crying on records. Right, man. If you hear Auto Tune and it immediately turns you off because you're like, oh, this is some mumble rap shit. First of all, mumble rap is a racist term. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Like, let's <laughs> yeah. be honest. Let's just be straight up. Mumble rap. Like, there's a ninety. 98% chance that you voted for Trump if you have a mumble rap uh, if you use the term mumble rap mumble like rap, negatively right. you're like oh I don't like this but if you hear auto tune and it just turns you off completely like you are so simple minded your right. palate is so simple because right. future is crying on records mm-hmm. saying that like the, and he, even like with his lyrics like his lyrics are still phenomenal right but um but you can hear things in uzi's music like you can hear emotion that you can never find the words for but even go back to uh fucking t-pain coming out the autotune king of everything killing it with autotune everyone's like well that shit's trash because autotune blah 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 and then he does like an acoustic stripped down session and sings like a motherfucker yeah and but he just knew that was his style like, and he's the dad of all this autotune stuff i mean he was too. the first one it was like he was the one who used it stylistically like he didn't need he doesn't need it no you know and and that's what people it's uh, dude it, like like all hate it just this comes from ignorance it stems from ignorance people don't understand autotune they think that it's a uh, it's a cheat code right. it's not it's a guide yeah it, what it, if for people who don't understand uh you put an auto you put autotune into the key of the song and it allows your voice to hit the different notes right like it allow it holds your voice if your voice is close to one of those notes it'll it'll pin Keep your it pin your voice to that note. Yeah. yeah so you still have to hit the notes right you know and if you don't it'll bend the autotune and, and then it starts to sound kind of weird if travis if travis um Scott. Scott had to say straight up 
naturally it would not be as tight to us it would not it just wouldn't it would because not he added like us it, but it's the same thing if i plug in my guitar and i plug it into my amp and i play the music right i can do it that one way i can record it flat just like that mm-hmm. but you add a little bit of beefiness to it with a couple plugins or you run it through some actual real ass uh whatever those shits are called amps and different things like mm-hmm. that you can run it the into hardware. all the hardware you can make that thing sound like a fucking monster yeah and so you can't get mad as someone yeah. that adds it to their why, vocals. Yeah, why do you do that? Why do you get mad? That's a good point. Why do you do that? Why do you get mad when it's the voice? The voice is just an instrument as well. Right, but you appreciate fucking Led Zeppelin and That's shit. That's a great point. You know what I mean? That's an interesting way to think about it because I don't think people understand that your vocal... Yeah, okay, cool. The vocals went through the processor, but every other instrument goes through processors. You know, I've been getting a, like really into autotune lately just because like sometimes I get tired of rapping and plus like if you ask me to do something, I'm probably going to do the opposite. You right. know, so like a lot of people have been like, well, not a lot of people, but some people have been like, cut your hair. And now I'm like, oh, okay, I'm never going to cut my fucking hair. <laughs> right. Like, you're not winning this yeah. one. Like, it's going to go the opposite way for you, uh, which is weird in itself because, like, we need to stop having preferences for, like, how other people look or how other people want to look. Right. I had a guy the other day that said, this is a small tangent, that said, uh, uh, I like short hair cow, or I'm a bigger fan of short hair, a short hair cow. But da 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 da, and I'm like, that's the fucking weirdest shit I've ever heard. That is like, that is what racism stems from, mm-hmm. like the idea that I like you better when you look different. Right. That's fucking weird, bro. Like that shit is odd. I like Michael Jackson as white way more than way I did more as black. Than, you know, like that's <laughs> oh, just a, that's just some dangerous dangerous shit to get into. Like right. changing how much you like somebody based on what, how they look. But I know I've been diving into autotune a lot more just because like I really want my records to be dynamic. Hmm. I don't want to just get to the hook and be like, how am I going to rap this hook? Right. And like cuz again, there's emotions that you can convey through singing that you can't through words you know through melody um so a question uh, sure hey how's your coffee you haven't had a sip no it's empty oh it's empty god damn um dutch bros we need to get cal some coffee all right i'm gonna give him a couple of those k-cup things for sure could you grab two cups of water i'm fucking choking uh here's where i want to go this sidebar is super random but as an independent artist and i think a lot of maybe artists that are listening to this or maybe it'll open up some eyes for fans that are listening. People don't understand the hustle of, yeah, you were signed to someone. They spent a lot of money on you, right? Their money, not yours. Technically it's yours because it was owed, right? Technically it's fine. So, but it was a decision by different parties of when to spend money. So, so a lot of money gets spent, which is scary because it's like, you know, you go buy a house, you're putting a loan down or you're taking a loan out to be able to whatever. So now that you're completely independent, and you're trying to make these videos you, you just said like it costs you fifteen hundred dollars to make uh an album to get it mixed on on like the homie hookup mm-hmm. by a home whoever if you were to go that route that's just fifteen hundred bucks just to make a fucking album which mm-hmm. is is so important in an artist's career because you look back and like well let's see all the albums they made and you go back and you listen to them and if you're struggling with the idea of like well i can't really spend fifteen hundred dollars that's a scary position to be in as an artist to not be able to spend the money it takes to make the thing you do for a living right right so now as you've found some solutions, which are like working with your friends and trying to make content in that level and find, thanks bro. And find, do you want one? Yeah. Oh, he got one already for you. Um, and Thank find you. solutions that could, you know, fix 
I'm going to shoot a video. We can use Ben's office to do this. We can use the homies thing, whatever here. Maybe it'll cost a little bit this, this and that, whatever. Like you try to do it, but you also try to find ways where you're like, yo, I'll split my ad revenues with the homies or I'll do this and that. I you love try, that. You're finding different ways to That's like. That's revolutionary. It is. I've been saying that fucking shit forever, mm-hmm. but um, how do you, and I, I'm real, I'm getting real into this right now because I think it's important. I think I'm late to this shit mm-hmm. and I don't know where you're at with this stuff, but like thinking as an adult, how do you plan for the future as far as like retirement and, and you know, you've lived so long, like check to check trying to survive. What are your plans to like build this up in a way where you can start building your foundation for the future? Like right now I've been listening to this motherfucking guy, Dave Ramsey, me and Dave talk about it on the podcast all the time. I'm going to put you onto this shit cause I'm nerding on it hard. But my mom woke me up to it. She's like, you need to be really thinking about this shit. And I've understood what the fuck is this bug? We live in LA. Uh, Shit came back from Iowa. In my I paid fifteen hundred dollars for rent. Fifteen hundred dollars. So, that, so that there's no fucking bug. God damn it! Uh, but I, 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 she put me out of this shit, and she's like, "Yo, definitely like you need to be thinking like this way to this way, moving your money this way, doing all this shit." And I'm like, "Wow, this is fucking genius!" And I started listening to this dude, and he talks about investing in your future, like all this shit, like how to put money into your retirement funds, Roth IRAs, investments, all this shit. Have you started that stage yet? Um, I'm getting into it, uh, but I'm still uh, for for my age. I guess I'm I'm, la- I'm also late. Yeah. yeah, I'm winging it because I'm like I'm like the oh I should probably get uh, better health insurance now. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, like I'm so non traditional. I mean, the my views of of, of marriage and and uh, your whatever you want to do with your life, like whatever career wise you want to do or whatever, um, are so different from like how most of the world apparently sees it because like every you know being from the midwest everybody thinks you should like, be married as soon as you date yeah. someone for five seconds and when i was growing up i was like yo i want to be when i'm 25 i want to be married and i want to be a young dad and whatever and now i'm looking at it like man why are people throwing thirty thousand dollars into a wedding like that's a lot of money that's a down payment on a very nice home right like whatever you, you know what i mean so and, and i went through that broke stage when you know i was super duper depressed and so now money is just not really that important to me it's like i'm i i'm better off now than i was i'm definitely better off now than i was six months ago six months ago i did a feature at the end of november i was 550 dollars short on rent and i did a 600 hundred dollar feature on november 30th holy shit <laughs> and that's like but but you know for so long like that wasn't even abnormal to me because for four or five years that's what I was doing was just scraping by like whatever I could you know to pay the rent and now it's like I don't have to worry you know about immediate bills and stuff but that's the the planning for the future shit doesn't matter to me Mm. as much I don't even like I could have been had my merch out you know like I could have had that whatever I could I can tap into all these revenue streams but like I just want to make music right and it's been killing me like honestly going and I think like some of my really close fans know this because I have like this fan group where we like interact and stuff um but they see like I go through these spurts of uh being really connected and then I space out because I, I'll go through the business stuff and it'll drain me. And I'm like, dude, all I want to do is record. Right. All I want to do is write. Yeah. And so I'll spend like, if I spend 12 hours doing merch, then it's like, I can't do this every day. Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't really have a team in place. Like I have my guys back home, Tyler, um, he's kind of like fills a management role, tour management kind of stuff. 
Chase does graphics, you know, and then I have Corbin making beats, Tron making beats. Like, I just work with my friends, but it's all handshake shit. And it's like, right. it's just kind of, we call each other when, whenever we need something. Right. But it's not like streamlined, let's do this to make money right, now. Right, right, but, right. So I don't really think about sub IRA, da da da. Right. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'll plan for that. But like, what if I die tomorrow? It's like, why the fuck was I saving this money? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? You know what I mean? So, I mean, spending my money, I spend money on, I haven't bought clothes in literally years. Mm. And, you know, luckily I get free stuff sometimes. Um, I got a pair of Vans the other day. Cool. That's dope. And, you know, like, like there's shit I get from time to time that kind of keeps me from needing that. But, dude, I just don't want things as much anymore because i went through that dead broke stage where well and it's like it. i think you're at the new t- the turning point and we talked to about like fan it's you're in a position this is what i liked about little dicky's story it was how he was able to make the content he made out the gate and it was through having his fans like he was making whatever his shitty videos and then was like hey i can make more of these and he really broke it down and did a fucking gofundme page were they ever shitty Maybe they weren't shitty. He but made, I'm saying like quality wise, maybe he was he was restricted to his ideas yeah, because yeah. of budgets. Yeah. And to do it, he he made a GoFundMe page, and I, I don't remember how much he obtained, but I think it was close to like three hundred thousand dollars. And he said, "Yo, look, I could go get a label to give me money, but I'm gonna owe them all this back, and I won't be able to make as dope shit. But or we could do this together, and if we all chip in, I can make the content that you guys have been waiting for." And mm-hmm. then they got the money, and he started making videos that had like heavy VFX or just better jokes. You he's know, with, I mean? he's with Scooter too. This is way before Scooter, though. Oh, okay. I this thought is, you were talking about the no, shit no, no. That he's done this recently. is like this is like mad. I, I, I want to. I can't remember the first little Dicky video I saw, but I was like, wow. It was uh, maybe it was something about a boyfriend, some ex boyfriend thing. Yeah, and, and, and it's like, like he was peeing next to him, and he, and he started talking about the other dude's penis. Yeah, and, and I was yeah. like, I, I honestly, I just thought it was hilarious, and I fuck with that, and especially because like you know, generally speaking, hip hop can be kind of homophobic. Like when I said that shit about somebody's dad eating my ass, there were a lot of people that were like, "Yo, te- what's up with Pause, you?" Pause, like, homie. Some dude was like, "Oh, that's that's some satanic shit." And I'm like, we get it, bro. Like, you're homophobic. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. like, like, we get it. Uh, it says that he, he made this GoFundMe page or Kickstarter page. And at the time, it said pledge. His goal was $70,000. And he kind of broke down exactly what that would go towards. And he raised 113000 So I was off. But at the time, you you know, first he was like Philly or wherever he's from. He made uh, $70,000 would go a long way. And he was able to obtain $100,000. To make several things, to like do touring, to like go places, to play shows, to do all the shit. Recording. Yeah, but that comes from 2,800 fans. You know what I mean? 2,800 fans helped him get the money. But I think you're in a position that's unique like that and maybe should have been operating like that from the jump as you built your fan base. You've always had like your niche group of fans that are diehard supporters, right? Mm -hmm. They're always getting the music. They're always on top of it. They'll get the merch, whatever. But maybe at the time, like you said, I was throwing money at music videos and maybe I should have been focusing elsewhere. And, and part of business is <clears throat> focusing on numbers and that's that's the wrong idea i mean generally speaking like yeah that is how business works like bigger numbers is better increase the bottom line whatever but that's how everybody gets stuck on and everybody looks at like follower count that was a big part of my life for the last five years was like 
my management was always worried about me getting more followers and more views and whatever. And I started to realize that that doesn't necessarily mean that one, that one it doesn't mean I'm doing the right thing. Right. And it doesn't mean that I'm doing something that's going to make me happy. Um, and so I stopped focusing on the follower count and my, my, uh, my guy, Tyler, he sent me like an Excel uh, sheet recently, like last month for my EPK that uh, has my breakdown for my followers uh, month by month for this year. And I went in January when I dropped, I dropped like a logic disc and some shit just because like I was like trying to make my statement. Then in February I dropped the EP. Then in March I dropped, started dropping singles. My follower count kept going down. Really? I'm dropping more shit. I'm dropping new music. <clears throat> my follower count was going down, but I wasn't paying attention to it. I had decided at the time I was like, fuck it, dude. You're not going to pay attention to b- making the numbers bigger. Just make music that makes you happy. Put it out, whatever. See if that works. Then all of a sudden, like uh, April, it picks up a little bit. Then in May, I dropped the project and then everything starts to like increase, right? So that's one thing I learned for sure is like, I need to stop focusing on making this number bigger and focus on like, like I have that fan group, I have a thousand fans and I'm like, if these are the fans that care about me, these are the fans that I should invest in as well. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and at the same time, it's like, it's so fucking stupid how people always be like, oh, yo, he's got, he's got a hundred thousand followers on IG or he's got a million followers on IG. And it's like, yo, Macklemore has like four and a half million followers, eight million. I don't know how much it is. Right. A lot. Okay. I just say this because he reposted my fucking story yesterday uh, to promote the podcast. Shout out to Mac. Shout out to Macklemore. That's a boy. 4.5 million followers. <clears throat> he had like the biggest number one songs for like two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Millions and millions and millions and millions of fans. True fans. Not 4.5 million fans. Right. Those are just the ones that happen to trip on his. I fucking love Leonardo DiCaprio. The other night I'm watching fucking uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm like, man, fucking shout out to the boy. What's, does he have Instagram? I've been a fan since I was a kid. I don't even know. But I've been a fan. He, yeah. I'm a real fan. But, yeah. So you're telling me that you're not going to give me a brand deal because I don't have enough fans, but yeah. I'm fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. Hey guys, I just want to stop this episode real quick to tell you about our how to charge a client guide. We dropped this a little over a month ago and the reviews have been insane. We've gotten so many people messaging us, telling us about how they read the guide and it's helped them level up in their business. They've made more money than they ever have before, which is pretty dope. Uh, It's basically a 54 page guide based on the theories and the ways that I go about charging my clients. I've been doing this shit for over 10 years and we took all of those theories and packaged it into like a nice solid four chapter Bible. It's a fucking Bible. So if you're interested in that, you can go to shopbwnc.com. It's literally $25. So if you want it for 25 bucks, you can do it there. Or you can get it when you sign up to become a Patreon goddamn homie tier uh, for $25 as well. Plus you get all the perks of being a Patreon member. So there it is. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Cows is shit. Make sure to follow him on Instagram and all that shit. And let's get back to the episode. That's something I realized too, dropping the project. I got hit up by so many people who aren't follow, still aren't following me and said, yo, I'm fucking with the project. And I was like, oh shit, I got more fans than my number says. Right. But also at the same time, you know, if Chris Brown reposts my shit, like I'm gonna pick up hella bots too. Right. Like that, and that's, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm not buying shit, but like I'll pick up, you know, like my shit says 80 some thousand followers, but I probably only have like, I don't know, 30 or 40,000 active people on right. Instagram. You know, so like people get so caught up in numbers, like like this determines your success. And a lot of photographers and shit are getting hired these days because of their follower count. And that's trash. It's fu- I hate seeing I hate seeing that. And I get it. Shout out to them for figuring it out. But I'm sitting here like all the time wondering, ask myself like, 
why did that person just get that brand deal? And I know for a fact that they've only had experience in XYZ and it looks like they've had more. And I've been sitting here and my friends have been sitting here beating our head against the wall, creating nonstop, getting no recognition, yada, yada, yada. And no one's handing me a fucking $60,000 IG post check. Mm -hmm. What the fuck is that? You know what I mean? Like that doesn't make any sense. But but it's the comparative culture that, you know, you got to be careful because it's so easy to look at your peers. Like I I caught myself doing that too. What I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, if the stove is hot, you know, the stove is hot. Stop touching it. Right. For sure. So like I stopped comparing myself to other artists who I looked at who are like maybe in my, in my lane or whatever, who I think I'm better than, or I think I should be bigger than or richer than or whatever and that just, every time I looked at their shit I was like it would frustrate me hmm. and I'm like that's not productive at all yeah I'm like get your ass back in the studio that's what Lauren said to me too and I was off of like one thing but it's still homies that are getting I'm like damn how the fuck did they figure that hustle out like how are you getting into these events and I don't know how to get into these events or how are people ask how 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 and I'm like yo it doesn't fucking matter and I noticed it really really the other day I was there was a brand that hit me up and they wanted me to use their product but they wanted me to use it a, a certain way and they're like, hey, like you're using it this way and you should really be using it this way for this issue and this issue, whatever. I'm not gonna put them on blast here because I'm gonna still try to get a deal. <laughs> but Smart. then they wanted to have me do uh, speak at an event and didn't really want to spend the bread. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like you want me to do legitimate hard work and don't want to give me like an easy bag, like easy bag mm-hmm. that shit that they hand out to people all the time and I know for a fact because they hand them out to people that are my friends for less work as in I just happen to have 200,000 followers and they're going to give me that same bag that I'm asking for to do a workshop speak blah 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 mm-hmm. fly somewhere and, and versus like your engaging followers too like right. you're engaging people for, who for are real, actually interested yeah. in these products and, stuff and, like and they didn't want to do it and then they told me not knock off what I was doing because it might go against their guidelines or whatever and then I see them a, give a big bag to a person that ha- just happens to have like a million followers on a YouTube channel or some shit. Give them that bag and let them do the shit that goes against the guidelines and has no problem fucking give them that bag. But they get on me because, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I, people view by views and numbers. It's like they look at like, oh, you're moldable. You're not moldable or, oh, you're iconic and we need to be with you, but we can't like this person actually does the real work. It doesn't make sense or we can't figure out how to market it or make it make sense. Like, yo, what are you talking to people? It's crazy too because a lot of numbers are just fake. Fake as fuck. And so it's like, man, you you guys are like letting these people gas themselves up and then paying them a huge bag to do. I mean, that's how like, I think that's how Tiesto like popped off first as a DJ. Really? Yeah, it was like that he bought a bunch of fake followers on Twitter. Somebody correct me in the comments if I'm wrong. I don't want to be out here just talking that shit. But I'm pretty sure Tiesto uh, like got started to get big, big bags because he was like the most popping fucking DJ on Twitter. Um, but then he would also show up at these spots and there nobody would come to the shows, you know, because his analytics were like, oh, big here, big here. And he would show up and like not really have shit. I don't That's, know. Maybe no, I'm trying to look because I remember someone saying Mac Miller and correct me if I'm wrong as well. But I remember someone saying that one of his first albums they put on like iTunes, he bought a shit ton of copies. I heard that story, but it wasn't Mac. Who was it? And I don't know if this is true either. So this yeah, is not- someone fact checked this, this is not just us <laughs> talking shit, but, um, but I had I heard- I appreciated the hustle. Oh, you got your note, you got, you charted or some shit? I had heard that was Asher Roth. That makes sense too. But yeah. But Asher, I've heard his story and his shit seems so grassroots and he had Scooter early, but Scooter wasn't Scooter yet. 
So it may, it's like you'd have to have like legitimate investment to be able to be like, oh, I'm going to go spend oh, yeah. $50,000 or Especially something. Because like, because iTunes takes 30%. So it's like you're losing 30% on everyone. Yeah. It's not like you're just taking like, no. like if you spend $10 on my album, I don't get $10. Right, right, right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that's, um, that's a lot of money. But it's interesting. I mean, it's a hustle. That's, it's, it people is. do it it's it's just such a fucking game dog like it's crazy you know especially with these new guys the whole i was talking to my friend who's like in the industry i'm like really weird about people in the industry now too which is not necessarily fair but it's like it's like i just got out of a bad breakup right and it's like i don't really want to start dating right now i don't really trust girls yeah you know so right. so or dads. <laughs> yeah or dads <sighs> yeah but uh no i was talking to my friend in the industry and he was talking about how he he manages an artist and you know uh the, the way that they get his shit out there is they put a bag together and they go to this meme account who and they own this meme account owns other meme accounts and so it's like okay so for this week I can post your shit so the idea is to get your name your name your brand your image whatever in front of as many people as possible while your music or your song or whatever is popping right while your video is popping yeah. so like hypothetically <laughs> with that who are you video that we just dropped that's kind of weird and eye-catching um we would pay a meme account to like put that video on a bunch of shit and just be like hot or not uh this new shit da, right. da, like whatever kind of like some shade room type Fuck shit. jerry all yeah. that shit yeah that's all those accounts do that's it's, the whole point i remember yeah that's that's like super common right now which is crazy my dave's homie um he has an account like that it's like a comedy account or whatever and they do that shit all day and now they're starting to do it with like yo let's tease the idea of music and start promoting music on our channels and do it and just get paid by labels to fucking promote records. You guys fucking did that shit. Remember? I remember hearing about that shit with the what big titty ass looking chick. And it was like, I remember someone saying like, Oh yeah, they, we just gave her 800 bucks or whatever to post one of cows. Oh, you mean with riveting? Yeah. 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 Someone said like, we just gave her like $800 to post it. And I remember watching it and I was like, fuck they got robbed because she wasn't even like almost naked which is what everyone likes for channel for is her being naked and she was wearing like clothes right rocking out to your record i'm like she was that, she robbed. was wearing clothes you what probably had fuck? to pay the thou out to get her yeah. to get her to take her little, clothes a little more but that but that's the shit like i think people think that solves their problems but it's like yo if i'm following an account and it's just a naked girl account or a girl that just is pretty much naked all the time of not that a, type yeah. of shit no no if i it, like that's what i was i was telling sarah this the other day i'm like people just because people follow doesn't mean they're a fan no because we were just talking about that too no. you have more fans than your followers sometimes like some people who don't follow you they're fans perfect but like if if they if you post a lot of butt pics i'm just choosing butt pics i'm not it's easy sex it's just because it's easy one. it's easy if you post i mean you can post dick pics too i right. don't know like whatever. i have a homie that posts ad pics there you he's go ri- yeah, he's there a rip dude but it's like people don't like like how many swimsuits can you sell that's the real question because it's like people will like your butt pics because they like butts or they like abs well it's it's like like, it's like you may in those cases it's interesting because you may have a ton of followers because you're a hot chigger guy whatever whatever hot hot dad dad. and you may post dope ass pictures of you being a hot dad by the pool every day Mm mm-hmm so when you start wearing swimsuits, are there other hot dads that follow you? Probably. Are there a bunch of horny moms that are following you? For sure. Are the horny moms buying men's swim trunks? Probably not. So if they post a Cal Scrooby video tomorrow that doesn't promote anything about being a hot dad or, or poolside chilling, 
probably ain't going to get any click through rate. You're not going to get new followers. You're not going to get whatever, but you got 50 million views on one video and it's cool, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, it's all statistics and you're right. Like, I think it's, it's fucking crazy to be so obsessed with it. We have to be in a weird way, it's but we career. also don't have to be. It's yeah. a career now. I understand. I understand what being an influencer means. I hate the term when you call yourself that. Everyone I think does. I think you're lame if you call yourself an influencer because you're basically saying you're a digital shepherd. It's like it's like going to school and being like, I'm a popular kid. Right. It's like, man, that's so whack. Yeah. Like, I can't believe you just said that. Right. Like, yeah, like really, because you're a digital shepherd. You're like trying to herd the sheep people who look to you to see what's cool. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's like who you think you are. I'm like, mm, I don't really want to. I'm not going to call myself. The, the sick part about it is like uh, the other day. So I got verified. Lit. Oh, I saw that. Lit. Both. Lit. Both, Both. accounts. Black Window Cream and Ben Rovers. World is lit. You guys, you guys don't even understand. For those of you who don't, who aren't trying to do this, that's really fucking hard to do. It is hard to do. I really was like, but my, my main reason for wanting to get verified wasn't so I could just cl- like be fucking flexing all the time. Mm-hmm. It's literally so I could show up and D- when you DM me amongst a hundred other DMs Pops and I'm up. sitting here scrolling through just trying to like, who sh- where are my friends real quick so I can chat with them? Cause I'm an idiot and I didn't realize that you can put them in the general or the mm-hmm. other one. And I just like everyone's in one. That's new. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. So when I think like, Oh cool, maybe I could get Jonah Hill to hop on the podcast. What if I DM him at the right time and he happens to see the check mark against 10 other people that just hit him and maybe he'll click on it. That'd be fire. Why'd you choose Jonah Hill right Cause there? I literally thought earlier today, I was like, yo, I want Jonah Hill on the podcast. Are you in Jonah Hill's DMs? I want to be, I'm going to send it, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until the right. I started right. thinking about a whole strategy about this shit, but now I have the check. But before I'm like, man, I'm just going to blend in with the other accounts, which is fucked up because I had a bunch. I was one of those other accounts and I do dope shit all the time. So yeah. you might just be overlooking me for no reason because I don't have a check, but I do always click the people that are verified first who message me because I'm like, who is this? Because mm-hmm. it's, yeah, yeah. it's supposed it's to be. Yeah, it's supposed to mean you're famous. It's supposed to mean exactly. you're a brand or whatever the fuck. And, um, but I have it and and it was funny because Lauren like told her fucking family and she's like, Ben got verified and Lauren's little sister's 12. She's like a fucking YouTube culture kid just paying, she watches YouTube all day. She's on TikTok and all that shit and she's like, oh, are you serious? Tell him to get me verified. Or she said it something funny. I can't remember how she said it. And little and little kid, yeah, accent. little kid accent, yeah. verified. And uh, come on, Dad, get me verified. She's like, you know, you have to like be, you have to have articles and all these things. She's like, well, tell Ben to like write articles and make me get verified. And then I told her when I saw her when I was and I was like, I got verified. She's like, I know, that's so cool. What does it mean though? <laughs> I'm like, you think it's cool and you don't even know but, why? But you're like, that's a great question. Yeah, you're I know. Like, it means nothing. It, mean? it means I'm just the same as you. Mm. But they literally starve for that shit. Like if she was verified in grade school right now, her life would be lit as fuck. Cause I see who she follows and she pays attention to these other little kids that are on TikTok and all that shit who are the hot boys that fucking have the cool friends with the cool hair, the bandanas and they're fucking always dancing to rap songs and doing fucking every rap dance that rappers don't do. I don't want to judge those kids, but they're I the don't worst. Either. I want one of them on the podcast too because now <laughs> I'm looking at like what, what would it be like to be fucking living with 3 million followers when you're 16? I can't even imagine that right, right. now at 31. Imagine when you're 15 years old, 14, 13 and you are the most lit kid the life is different. Same with like, that's why Chris Brown's documentary is interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was wild for me to work on it. Cause I'm like, not, I wasn't like an active, like oh, I'm a Chris Brown fan or fuck that guy. Like I just didn't have an opinion. I just wasn't ever like forced to listen to Chris all the time. I knew the songs. They're catchy. I heard them at the whatever. 
But then you get there and I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting. And then you realize like, man, he was really young. Yeah. And when you hear the whole scene of him and Rihanna, it becomes very, it's a very hot topic and it's something that people are like, fuck you for working on that doc. And I'm oh, like, literally, I don't care. In the Reddit, in that Reddit post, there were a bunch of people who were like, oh yeah, I was going to go listen to his music, but then I saw that, so he, did, that he did songs with Chris Brown. And yeah. so I'm like off that, fuck right. him. Fuck him. He's people say it to me all the time. You know what I mean? Bro. I'm just like, shut up. Uh, all right. Man. Okay. Okay. Don't care. Don't care. Yeah. Still my, living my life. Don't give a fuck. My, I don't think I've ever gotten to say this publicly here's my here's my two cents on the chris brown situation and i think i can do this in like 60 seconds so uh this guy uh grew up with variables that we know nothing about um he grew up in a house that normalized domestic violence he grew up poor he um uh by the time of he was like 15 or 16 he was internationally famous he was the man of his house so nobody could really say no to him i bet he was paying his mom's bills when he was 16 for you sure know? so no one can really like she became say an no. employee yeah so uh i think when he hit rihanna he was like 18 it's inexcusable right it's it, you can't there's no excuse yeah no there. one's saying that's tight like right. no one's ever said that's tight but chris is uh uh 30 30 years old now i think so that was 12 years ago um, every day he wakes up, people call him a monster. Right. Every day he wakes up, uh, he look. If he looks in his YouTube comments, people call him a piece of shit. If he looks in his uh, 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 Instagram comments, people call him a piece of shit. If he looks in his mentions, people are like you're a fucking woman beater, piece of shit. Right Light on fire all the time. Light on fire. Dying, yeah, dying a fire. Like people say this horrible shit to him all the time. So instead of like letting him grow and try to become a better person, people want to remind him of the worst mistake he ever made at the time he was 18 years old. Right. And that's what I was saying with these kids who are literally living an unthinkable life. At like it, that's what's interesting is the psyche of a, a child who mm-hmm. becomes famous. I mean, because with Justin Bieber too, it's like Justin Bieber when he was eighteen or something, he was kind of a piece of shit. They were making a bunch of stories about him uh, spitting in people's faces or peeing in a mop bucket or whatever. Man, I would probably be a piece of shit too. I shit in a funeral home parking lot. <laughs> if I had three million followers and people were fucking on my ass, like paparazzi, can you imagine me having emergency shit and then also being like fucking so sick of seeing those dudes every day following me around and I'm shitting in this funeral home parking lot? I'm like, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh my God, Ben Haggard needs help. He's lost control. His music's great, but God damn it, that motherfucker's a monster. Disrespecting somebody's dead grandma. You know, somebody's dead grandma is in the fucking funeral home getting dressed up and you're outside taking a shit he in doesn't give lot. two fucks about the dead he people he care about what old do you people? mean Haggerty Monuments and Flags that's my dad's shop <laughs> shout out dog I it blows my mind because it's so interesting yes they, they can become there's some evil motherfuckers out there for sure and I'm not saying Chris didn't go through an evil but that was what was so cool to me was to hear his brain how it worked by interviewing him and hearing like deep really deep diving it which i think i took a farther step because while flying to kansas city for his tour kickoff to go work on content mm-hmm. my uber driver was driving a fucking truck and he lives in kansas city and he, his uber is a truck and he's like what are you guys doing here blah, blah, blah. and we're like yeah man uh flying in we're working on this chris brown show blah 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 he's like, oh yeah chris brown didn't he beat that girl and i'm like oh, yep yeah yeah it's crazy and then i'm like but that's the extent of most people that like know that because yeah it's the most fuck shit you could ever do like that's where that's where their opinion is and their opinion lies and they won't they won't let it grow yeah they won't it's not about like i said it's not about like forgiving him or excusing him of it or whatever but it's about the fact that you're defining him by it as if that one lapse of judgment at that one moment when you made a huge fucking mistake, which I think 
he would he would also say is the biggest mistake of his life. Yeah, he said he, he would to also kill himself. Say, like he, he think about the pressure of that in your kid. Uh, I don't know, man. Like you made you made the biggest mistake ever, but you also don't know how to take that in because you are the richest kid. You are the illest most known child mm-hmm. what not child but like 17 18 whatever he was yeah. your girlfriend is equally as famous you guys are both young dumb turning up kids you were drinking and shit like you guys you're a boiling pot ready to explode and then that happens and how you deal with that afterwards is so how do you deal with it is it's, you don't even know uncharted territory but i just think it's interesting i don't know all, all i was saying was it was it was wild to experience his psyche and what he went through because he had never done an interview about that of except course. for one, I think. And that was it. And we were the second one. So we got to hear all of it. And to hear all of it, I'm like, fuck, man, that's really crazy to hear his side or whatever because you've heard Rihanna's on Oprah and shit. But to hear his side and then how he dealt with it and why it happened and, and how it comes to be and then realizing your mistake and then living in that. And then you wonder why dude ends up being like a drug addict or goes to jail and does all these crazy things. And it's like, he, how do you cope with that shit? I mean, that fucking child molester dude that uh, just fucking killed himself in mm-hmm. jail today. Yeah. Uh, the billionaire. Like, weirdo. And you're out here doing all this shit. And then he killed himself. So now no one will ever be able to punish him for what he did. Right. So at least Chris is getting punished for this shit. But like, man, it could, but there's I don't no, know. It's there's crazy. no right answer though. It's like, it's, you know, I've been actually like itching to talk about this for a long time because people, we just so often act like, like we can, like we do no wrong. Right. But it's like really just everyone does fucked up shit because we're all fucking idiots when we're kids. Yeah. We're all so fucking stupid. And right. you, and maybe you think you're not, maybe you're like, no, I'm like, I wasn't a bad kid, whatever. Every year on my birthday, I look back at myself one year younger and I'm like, wow, you're a fucking idiot. Like, why you did know? you shit your pants? Yeah. <laughs> why did you shit your pants last year? Like, man, like what did you eat? Um, no, but every year it's like, I, I, I figure out that I like, the more I learn, the less I know. Like, I just realized, like, I, questions come to me at an exponential rate and answers never come to me. So I've, like, found a little bit of, a little bit of comfort uh, in the idea that no one, there is no right idea. No one has the right idea. No one actually, I, I like, reiterate that a lot to my followers and shit. No one fucking knows what they're doing. No. That's why I don't fuck with these labels, like the whole unsigned thing, independent, whatever. Since I dropped Unsigned, I've talked to a lot of different labels, but I don't take these meetings. I'm like, we can hop on the phone if you want, but I'm not pulling up. I'm right, not, I'm not I'm, trying to get wine and dine and do yeah, all the cool dumb not, shit. I'm not going to be impressed. I'm like that one meeting I took at Yum Yum Donuts in my workout clothes. It's right. like, bro, I'm like, if I'm not driving downtown 45 minutes, sitting in an office, you, you're going to give me a fucking espresso and whatever. I don't care, bro. Right. I don't need Fiji, right. Fiji water. Like I, it's, it's nothing. No. You know, nobody cares. The, the reason labels piss me off so much is because they act like they have the right answers all the time. Right. But they don't. Like, they don't. They, they, they just have the ability to have a track record. Like, they have the ability to invest and also take an L. They could throw a million dollars at you and they could throw a million dollars at you. And if you fucking jeopardize that million dollars, that's just a wash. Oh, fuck. We, all right. So, we learned some stuff there. Let's not do it. But this worked. When cool. they take an L, 
they don't take the L. The artist takes the L. It's like yeah. the artist was not good enough. Right. You know what I mean? So then everybody that shines through is like you walk into a label, like an executive's room, it's like plaques, you know? Right. You don't have, they don't have the cardboard plaque from the people who like fucking didn't pop off right. that you poured a bunch of money into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So like they think they have, they, some people think it's a formula, but like the game is changing so quickly. There is no consistent formula right. that everybody needs to realize. And that's the same thing with every single industry in the world. Like every single, like no matter what you're talking about, if it's business or whatever, no one knows what the fuck they're doing. Nope. It's like the the existence of religion is, to, in my opinion, it's because the world is so fucking crazy and confusing that like people like to find comfort in the fact that there's some structure right they like to put their faith into one like idea that we can all believe in as a community well, because, someone knows where we're going yeah because then at least it's like all less random and we can try to explain things mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah I, I and just to just to go back on it when we talk about chris and all that stuff if you are someone that's suffering from abuse and that whole shit leave right now none of that shit is tight we're not idolizing someone that easier, beats e- people up. Easier said than done. Easier said than done, but I'm saying try your hardest to find a, a way out of that. Like we weren't trying not, to let's put it this glorify way. it. It's not normal. It's not normal. It's not normal. It's not healthy. Um, don't like, don't justify it in your mind. It's unforgivable or uh, not unforgivable. It's un- inexcusable. You know, it's not something that is that you should subject yourself to or something that you are deserving of. Are you, many, are you watching Euphoria? Uh, I stopped halfway through. Keep going. It's fucking great. It's shot really well, but I just... It's shot so well. It's, ho- it's so hard for me to watch high school drama shit. But it's done so well. It's on another level of high school drama shit with this whole... But what I was getting at was there is a character that's in that show that is like abusive, but you hmm. see why. There's that motherfucking bug again, bro. Fuck. God damn it. Um, You see, you kind of learn like, oh, you see through his, his family and the thing, the ties. And it's just really interesting. That's all I was bringing up, Chris, and the kid actors, because like that kid, that my homie or my girl's little sister is obsessed with this kid. I don't know his name, but she has a whole Twitter account just to like his posts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She doesn't even use fucking Twitter. And it's just crazy to think like, what would it be like if if that shit happened to her in her high school right now or her grade school or whatever and how different it would be if you walked into school and you just had the verified badge over your head and you could walk around or have three million dollars and you're getting sent fucking tons of like shit from kylie jenner when she drops a makeup kit and she's giving you a pack because you're an influencer now or whatever and like your whole life is different and the funniest part is like you're just sitting in your bedroom and with the phone on selfie mode filming a video yeah. of you lip singing a song dog it's out of control and that's why you popping it's crazy it's weird but that shit frustrate me it frustrates me because you're like fuck why did they get that shit yeah don't waste your time on that shit but when the but when you know gary v yeah gary v talks about it when the platform is gone they're gone you got to be able to pivot we talked about that we did a morning roast episode and it was like what happens if instagram dies tomorrow or whatever and it's like the whole theory of i mean it's happened instagram goes down and then even facebook went down i'm like oh well fuck black window cream's entire thing is a facebook group what happens if that deletes i'm like all right now we got to pivot and make our own shit like we ne- we definitely need to have our own shit somewhere to go because like what happens if we go- like be in control of your your destiny or whatever it is but like all this is about you uh the way you're able to utilize when I was bringing up little Dicky earlier, it was like how you can utilize now is like a free agent. You know what I mean? You don't have to sign, you don't have to do whatever. You don't have to stay independent forever, but 
as a free agent, I think what's cool or what position you're in that's cool is that you have an opportunity to be fueled by your fans. You've always been fueled by your fans, but it was controlled by other people. You know what I mean? Like that money didn't go into your pocket. You weren't fully creative with what you were able to gain out of it. You didn't upgrade. You drive your car, you live your your life at the minimum. You know what I mean? I know you, like I know what you've been through. And so it's like people don't, like I remember the ancient change video. It was like you had to have a fucking, what's the shit called? Rolly. A Rolly, but you don't own a Rolly. I watched fucking Drew give you his to wear because it looks, but it looked, it fit the part of the video. Is that a real Rolly? That's a Rolly. But I remember him <laughs> giving you one on the video and it was like, all right, just cause it was, he probably has a nice, he motherfucker's yeah. been killing and, it. So. And, and chains. And chains. Yeah, so yeah. he's like, you have to rock this shit to fit the part, but that's not the reality. It's mm-hmm. like, if you had that shit, you would probably pawn that. I mean, you got a Rolly, cool. But you would probably be at a certain point at your, in your life, not so long ago, you would have probably pawned that shit off to pay that five fifty, but you a, use that, your skill set to get that. Yeah, I, that was I was making a lot of bad decisions. Plus, that I was pouring a lot of money into alcohol too. Totally for, for a short period. For of time. sure. Yeah. But you could probably also go to certain places and get drinks for free. You know what I mean? Like, there's still you could find ways around shit. But I, what I'm getting at is that I think it's cool, and I like especially with you were talking about Patreon and getting started with that, and you have your whole private collective. I think that you're in a really dope spot to be fueled by. I'm hoping Black Window Cream is the same way. Like we have our Patreon. That's the only way we can keep the lights on here every month. Yeah. Well, I think the cool thing for you and the thing that I'm trying to get into also is like, um, I can't, I'm not, I don't want to take donations. You know what I mean? Like no. I don't, like that's the one thing that's hard for me with the, uh, with the thing that Lil Dicky did. Not that I'm like looking down on it or anything, but I don't really like GoFundMe because it's like, hey, give me money. Well, he did actually, his was kind of structured like a Patreon where he said like, if you donate $10, you get something like that's a, cool. So you did get, Oh yeah. And people do that shit. Yeah. Too. But I like, I like the idea that like, I want to give you something it's, in exchange for, yeah, money. you for know sure. what I mean? Like it should be a good or a service or whatever. So like, I like, I like how that's structured with the tiers. But the problem is for me, the hard thing for that, that we discussed earlier is I own like the thing that I really care about the most is the music. Well, that's why you need to, you need someone that, we'll talk about that because yeah. I want to help you because I think but but you, see that but you're so good you guys are so good at creating content like and that's literally like what your thing is create content like no matter what no right. matter what you're doing you you can find some way to like create something out of it and share it with other people um, it's harder for me because you know I'm I'm kind of a private guy too you know like your whole brand is based on like let me share every single thing that we create and how we create this and whatever like let's just you know empower creators and my you know my brand is my life my brand is like uh has no direction right you know my like i don't know what the fuck you can't do a work you're not promising to do a workshop every week yeah and i don't like and i and i don't know man like people are it's so strange like i hate to get in the you know take the tangent and do like a philosophy uh ted talk kind of thing but like i don't have any idea who the fuck i am Mm. And I think it's really, it, it, it's, I think it's kind of dangerous when people say, well, I know exactly who I am. I know that, I mean, sure, it's good to know where your boundaries are and where your limits are, but like, you don't know, like sometimes you look in the mirror and you think you know yourself, and then other times you look in the mirror and you go, who the fuck are you? Right. And how did you get here? Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, if some shit might, if some shit is going to happen in your life that's going to change who you are. Yeah. And you're with yourself every day and you don't realize that, but like, you know so it's hard for me like especially with the money thing like i don't just value money anymore so like i want to make sure that the 
content, the connection that I'm providing to, to fans is like healthy for, for both sides. Here's why I think it would work for you. And so for, for people who don't know what the fuck we're talking about, Patreon, just to make it understand, it's like a crowdfunding for like the fans to fund their, the person that they like enjoy. So the fan of Cal would help support Cal in making content. If he's trying to make new music videos every two, three weeks, help him do that shit, chip in five bucks a month, whatever. What he's talking about is finding return for you. What I think is unique about your position versus black window cream is the same thing. When I started our Patreon account, I was like, Oh cool. We're, we've already created this free podcast and this free Facebook group where thousands of people are able to help each other and share ideas and get tips and all this shit. That's dope. Maybe we should, what, what's the best way for us to like upgrade what we're doing, get these new mics, get this fucking setup. So it looks cleaner, makes it a little bit more appealing for people to want to like listen or share the content that we make when we, when we shoot these things, let's get an office. And it's like, Oh cool. To do that, we'll do a Patreon page and then hopefully everyone will just chip in. Like what if all 5,000 people chipped in $5? Oh my God, my budget for that would be crazy. I could start hiring people and I could do all kinds of shit with that. And then uh, when we started it, it was kind of like, well, we already have this free thing and all this extra shit. That's the problem is that you are in a position where you're doing enough already. You know what I mean? Like you are already doing enough. And if people want to see you continue to do enough, they're going to support. They're going to find a way to support or they want to support. You know what I mean? Like they could buy a t-shirt. Yeah. But like you said, you know, you have to pay money to buy Mm -hmm. the shirt. You have to ship the shirt. There's no real profit margin in merch. There is a little, but there's not a lot, but like an ideal scenario of you could just create tier levels, which he is by the time you listen to this, I'm hoping that your page, hopefully it's out. Just go to your website. What's your website? Cowscreepy.com. Easy enough. Just go there and join his Patreon. But the tier levels I think are structured so simply where you don't have to do a whole lot of extra work. It's just there for fans to really support you and what you're doing because they believe in you. So they can go there. Yeah. You can give them an incentive. Cool. Oh shit. Cal does a podcast once a month where you can just hear him. It's only available to pay Patreon supporters where it's not even a real thing. It's maybe you talking for five minutes in a voice memo and uploading it to fucking a private YouTube channel or some shit and just giving it to these people. And it will, you'll literally forget you did it by tomorrow and they get something extra. That's cool. But I think enough people that are listening to this right now that would listen to your music, follow you on whatever will fuel your shit. And I think that's, what's going to elevate you to be able to say like, all right, cool. Hey, I got a budget. I'm going to go to Chicago tomorrow and do a show. I'm going to yeah. put the show together myself and we're going to ch- let all my Patreon people into the show for free, but they're going to get me there. Like I have enough money, even if the show flops, like I still got there and back this month because you guys supported me to do a show like that or build a community or do whatever. There's yeah. a lot of cool potential. I think that, uh, it's to me, it's like uh, the validation that I, uh, don't, uh, that I shouldn't need, but I'd like to have is, you know, when, when your numbers are doing well and stuff, or when people will pay you for content or something, it makes you feel good about the stuff you're creating because it makes you feel like you have value. Even though you hopefully can find external value like without that shit, you know, or internal value, I guess, without the external um, component. But I don't know. That's the part that's iffy for me is like I want... You know, I I get energy from my fans being positive. I also have fans who are like, yo, why don't you make shit like this? I want shit like this. Why can't? I'm like, dog. I can't do that. And that's why the shit on the the first song on the project is called Shut Up. Mm. And it's like, yo, whatever you want to hear from me, there's other people out there who don't want to hear that shit from me. So like, how do you not realize that? And why do you think that you, even if you bought a shirt, why do you think that you keep the lights on? Mm. You know what I mean? Like. I, I think you're too humble and you're gonna, you're always going to fight the idea of allowing your fans to really, the reality is this, someone spent 
15 years learning After Effects to make Cal look like a fucking statue that can rap. Like, it would be dope to pay our homies truly, like, true rates, right? Until fans support what we're doing. Until someone can do this. I have interns that I can't pay. Shout out to the boys right here. Shout out to the other ones that are international and shit. But... I can't hire employees. Me and Dave aren't walking away with any money for doing this. And we sit in here every day. I take less and less jobs every day. Like I'm probably fucking up my career by literally choosing to ignore jobs so I can be here and figure this out and build a proper education space for me to do that, for you to go and create content. There's people that are helping you that you can't do it. You can't go shoot your own videos. If you want to go out and be, Oh, it'd be cool to make a video. Like I'm, this video would do really well if I was in fucking big bear. Well, Big Bear, then I have to rent. A, I have to pay for gas and I have to bring someone out there and they need a raid or they need food and all this shit. I can't afford that. But if you're able to say like, yo, you guys, we were able to make this video because of you. We were able to do this because of you. Because what do they think? If you're like an artist, how are they making money? Because they have songs, they get streams, lots of them. And then they go do shows where you pay a lot of money to go see them perform and they're walking away with a big check from that and they do it over and over and over again and that bread stacks up. Right now, you're not in a position, you're not touring, you're not like we, which I would like to get into because you had an interesting talk with me the other day where I was like, yo, you need to play shows. And you're like, I, you, that's you like the worst part. Tell me that I, too. I think that ben, if you would have spent all the money you spent on music videos and bought your way on to fuck, gave yourself yeah. 10 minutes. You know, you tell me all the things that I know. It's like, uh, you know, I, I said before that I look at my previous, um, my previous management, like it was just, a a, a Bad, a bad relationship it wasn't like not even anything in retrospect like I can look back and be it's uh, I told somebody the other day it's like the girl that you met that you met or that you broke up with before your wife mm. it's like it's like uh, it. you just it's not doesn't mean that that person doesn't mean you're a good person doesn't mean that that person's a bad person whatever just kind of like taught you a lot about yourself right, right? so you know there, I look at that situation and I, there's a lot of stuff that we could have done differently you know and a lot of things that we didn't necessarily agree on but again it brought me to this place i i don't know what the fuck i was saying before um touring <laughs> going and playing shows opening for i artists. don't know where i don't either from. all i all i was all i was noticing was my frustration watching you from the outside looking in i'm like man they're doing all right here's 30 grand to go shoot a music video my dog someone would have taken 30 because this is my strategy when i was in oh, Iowa. to get on oh yeah that's what i'm on to a tour like is that you always you always tell me the shit that i already know like when you tell your friend who's in a relationship they shouldn't be in that right, you're right, like right. hey they, like i know i see what you're doing from outside here like you're in a bad relationship you need to do this yeah and you know that they're telling you the right answer you know that they're giving you good advice right you know but you just like at the time you're just so wrapped up in your shit that you can't yeah. take it you always give me good advice on that shit and i know that i know that i should get out there and, and be doing tours and stuff but like you told me though the other day that your anxiety you don't really like it i don't which is interesting i don't because I you're so you're so theatrical with your shit and just who you are you like to talk everything you like to rap you like to do all the shit and then your videos are just you way over the top you're like oh that dude for sure is the fucking you know takes the room over yeah time. loves loves being the center, loves of, being attention the center of attention or whatever yeah. but then you're like yeah i don't know it just gives me a weird anxiety i don't like doing the shows yeah i mean i like i like shows that are rocking um where the crowd gives you energy and you give the crowd energy and it's like reciprocal right i just don't like uh I don't like trying to win people over because I don't really want to convince people to like me. Like, I don't want, I don't think that I'm not trying to recruit 
the fans. I'm not trying to uh, just be so generally likable and appealing that I just have this huge net and bring in all these people. So, so you know, if I go do, I did Cincinnati in May. We did two shows back to back. We sold them both out. Yeah, rocked them. They right. were awesome. Had right. a great time. You know, and met met all the fans afterwards and stuff. It was great. Like I, that was cool and comfortable for me. Um, I just don't want to fly to, you know, Denver and and do a do a half empty venue and and like kind of have half the people there not know the music and stuff it's like i don't know i like connecting with the people who really know the shit and really care but there's just so many people these days that don't actually care they just follow you like people fandom is a whole different thing for me because if you like it, people think that if you like something that makes you a fan and i don't i disagree with that mm. There's so many artists who I like, but I'm like, I'm not really a fan because I don't like, I don't unconditional, it's not unconditional love. I don't support everything they do. I don't think everything, I don't buy shit. I don't, you know what I mean? So like, I think that just because you listen to somebody, just because you go to a show or whatever, it doesn't make you a fan. And I just like, I don't want to experience this uh, gain and loss of, of love uh, and affection from strangers. Hmm. That's like, it just, it kind of makes me uncomfortable. I think, um, I would love to see the beta test because I feel like since I've known you, I've only seen you ever play an uncomfortable show. Like the first time I moved here, you played a fucking show at the, what's the, the observatory or some shit or what's the one? Oh yeah. 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 What was that show? Who you, who'd you open for? Was that the, was that the Marty Grimes? Oh no, no. It was the, uh, I am Sue. I am Sue. Yeah. 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 I remember that one. And you opened up and it was mad uncomfortable. And I yeah. think that, it was just dressed up in a weird way. You got positioned in a, a weird roster, but yeah, you had to go and you had to, but I guarantee you as awkward as you probably felt at that show, you probably picked up some new fans that were out there. You know what I mean? You I might did. not, it, it, it would have been remember, some IM Sue fans yeah. that were like, and well, I remember, I don't know this I remember talking to people after the show and shit. And you know what, man, like this is a lot of it is just me, uh, being socially awkward, being uncomfortable, like uh, stepping out of the box, you know? And like, I'm not afraid to admit that. I'm not afraid to admit that like, you know, there's, I think one of the biggest things is everybody's so afraid to fail. Like I, that's that's why I overthink shit is cause right. I'm, you know, I'm afraid um, that it doesn't go well. But you know, being paralyzed by fear is like not a great way to live. No. So eventually I'm gonna have to get out on the road and and have some of those uncomfortable situations but once you face those fears it's like then there's literally nothing to be afraid of right. so then that like you know that's liberating i know um at my old house when i first moved out here craig's house uh bryson tiller used to stay there every once in a while and this is like before he was bryson tiller and he was just like chilling and i remember they were shooting some video or whatever and he just like kind of chilling in that room over there and he's just extrovert just chilled in this room didn't want to be around nobody and then became the biggest star in the world introvert introvert sorry yeah. and then became the biggest star in the world you know what i mean had his whole run for but like it's interesting to see i think the people that end up being in the limelight don't really want it obviously like a lot of people kind of crave it at the beginning and then you get in it and you start getting really tired of people asking for photos or just literally filming you for fucking without asking and just sitting here like this and it's weird like you start getting kind of over that shit but i think that uh i don't know where i was going with that either honestly i'm just thinking that there's that's a real interesting way to accumulate you know, new fans you're that, the opposite though I, I, even though that you're not like an attention like attention whore 
Um, I was actually with my friend Chad the other day. You know Chad, uh, Chad Fellers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I love Chad. Um, he was on the podcast too. Yeah, yeah. We were just talking the other day, and we were talking about you and talking about your situation and talking about how uh, you're. I remember when you got kicked out of the party. Um, but, yeah. But because because you're not afraid, like you're not afraid to to be say a something. Yeah. To to be a human. <laughs> just to have conversation, bro. To be a human, and so so like you step out sometimes. I'm not the kind of guy to step out. And that's not something I'm proud of. It's also not something I'm ashamed of. It's just kind of like my thing. Right. Like, I'm just kind of like a, let me just, like, observe. Right. You know, let me just, like, whatever. But that's, like, you've gotten to where you've gotten in your career in large part because you'll step in to the light in those situations. Right. And a lot of times, I'm back, I'll back out of the Yeah. You know? But I think it's, it's like, it has to be done in a tasteful way, which... I've always tried to figure out how I can A, add value to who I'm around and B, be a friend. Like, but, how can I become your friend? You but know what I mean? don't think you're worried about taste. I think you're just being a person. Like, right. You're just being a human and you're yeah, just yeah. like, you're just like, dude, it's not weird for me to speak up around Beyonce or whoever. Right. Yeah. When a lot of people like me, I zip it the fuck up. Right. Like, I'm not about to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I'd be afraid to say stuff in that situation. Right. Yeah, uh, damn. Never forget that moment. That's pretty special. If you know, you know. That's pretty special. I'll never forget it. Uh, shit. Anyway, I don't know what we're fucking talking about anymore. Yeah, I know. We're getting a lot. It's been, a, it's been a, all a, a lot of uh, philosophy, a lot of uh, the way that people look at business. But these are the conversations that I like to have on a regular basis. Right. Anyways. Me too. We oh. actually call each other, like, whenever we call each other, these are the conversations. Yeah. For a fucking way. We long. pretty much, like, for, for half the podcast, we said, fuck the podcast and just had a conversation. About, <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. This is pretty good. We got pretty far. I still have the Patreon Q&A that I want to do with you because um, that's what we give our Patreon members. We let them ask our guest questions. Swag. Um, yeah. Which before I was doing, I, I keep testing shit because I'm trying to see like what works and what doesn't. And I made it so that you could only listen to the Q&A on Patreon, right? So our supporters got to ask you questions and they were the only ones that got to hear you answer it. So it was like very exclusive. I don't know if people understand that that exists. So I'm thinking about, I want to test it on this one and just say, fuck it. But I'll let everyone hear the questions. But the only people that can ask the questions are the Patreon people. Because we used to let the Facebook group do it. And there'd be all kinds of questions. And I'm like, all right, we'll just make that a Patreon perk or whatever. So anyway, I'm going to do that. And if I don't, if we decide to change it, then I just will cut this part out. No one knows what the fuck they're doing. We're just doing shit. Just trial and error. Yeah, just seeing how it works. I know. I love it. Um, But we did get pretty far on this podcast. And I want to make a let you pick your hashtag because we did it before. I don't even remember what your hashtag was back in the day. Oh, it was, uh, it wasn't butt cheese, but it was like something (laughs) along those lines. I don't know. I can't remember. But if you basically if you're new to this episode this is what i do i was if we made this far in the podcast if you're a listener and you're listening right now a shout out to you b um leave us a review on itunes that'd be dope and c what i'm gonna have you do is i'm gonna let cal pick a hashtag and then you have to go to cal's instagram and tag me in the comments at ben rovers world and you're gonna put this hashtag so we both know that you listen to this podcast this far which i should probably do this now after we do the q a part but i normally would cut here and then (laughs) we'll see but anyway what do you want the hashtag to be eat my ass appropriate hashtag yep we might get uh grouped in with a different category yeah a different demographic but that's been kind of a, a common theme we you know we filmed brainwash uh, sterling and i back in march shout out to sterling shout out to sterling and 
uh, I was a teacher. I was a, a gothic student. I was a girl. I was a nerd, and I was a hype beast, like all in the same video. And uh, on the on the uh, chalkboard, I was like, "What can I write? Like, what is my message to the world? Right? Like, what can I put?" And the answer was, "Eat my ass." <laughs> You know, like, I was like, what can I say? How can I wrap this up? Like one simple message that encompasses like all, everything I'm thinking and feeling right now. And like, what do I want to say to everyone if I had like one screenshot? Right, 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 right. So there you go. Well, that's the long-winded version of why he came up with that hashtag. Um, so make sure to throw that in there. We're going to get to this Patreon Q&A. If you ever, ever want to ask a question to the guests, uh, support us on Patreon. Shout out to you, patreon.com slash cream. That's it for episode 116 with Cal Scrooby. If you want to hear the Patreon-only Q&A experience, it is available on Patreon. The link to that is in the description, so make sure to check that out or just go to patreon.com slash cream. You can check it out. We talked for, I don't know, 10, 15 more minutes, so if you want to hear us ask them some exclusive stuff, that's where that's at. Uh, yeah. I really like this. I also put a link to episode seven. So if you want to hear the original episode with Cal Scrooby, you can hear that as well. There's a link for that there. Um, but if you're, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a comment. Let us know what your takeaways were from this or what your favorite part about it was. Drop us an iTunes review or, you know, it'd be really dope is if you did all the above and shared it with one of your motherfucking friends. Cause you know what? Sharing is caring. And we need that shit so that this podcast grows. So definitely share that shit out with your homies. We're available everywhere. Uh, Thank you for listening again. And um, yeah, Wednesdays and Sundays, that's when we do this shit. So keep tuning in, subscribe, and be a motherfucking G like that. All right, bye.